all guys gals and non-binary pals welcome to the newest episode of the noobs and knockouts podcast brought to you on youtube on spotify on google and apple Podcasts. i'm austin i'm a knockout watch a lot of wrestling i'm david i'm a noob haven't watched nearly as much wrestling and i i feel like i need to like share that when 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 austin and i got on call i literally had to stop and ask him wait what fucking arc are we doing again D- dear god i can't i came into this arc like so bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and man it's been a it i don't i don't know it's it's certainly been an arc austin i think that's a fair thing to say i think it's certainly been an arc that we yeah. have done yeah you know if this is this is the issue here is that there's no connecting tissue between any of these this is this is a holdover for me not having a better idea for what to do for pre-attitude era wrestling and this is me kicking the can down the road another few months (laughs) until i can have some more (laughs) ideas in my head (laughs) i mean i don't look i don't blame you uh i don't i i i don't i don't see this as your fault i it's 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 more just like what the fuck is uh, like it's an interesting idea but god what the fuck is coliseum what this this is what an entire generation of children this is all the whole media they had this yeah, well, was that, it see this that's fascinating that see that's what's fascinating that is what's fascinating about this to me is that like if you think about it, yeah, kids grew up on this shit. They and this this helped raise a generation of wrestling fans and they were they were into it. This is what passed as like good wrestling media back in the day. I guess cuz nobody knew any fucking better. And it, it's it I wonder I wonder if diving deep into all the weird bullshit here can if we really think about it, give us any insights into the brain of like that particular generation of, of wrestler. Are these the motherfuckers that are like whining about spot monkeys on Twitter? Are these, are these the guys that are like, uh, I need my, my big beefy, uh, oil boys to just kind of like hit each other for a few minutes and that, and that's it. Is that, is it like, are, are these the people that think WWE or t- wwe tier comedy is like peak peak comedic effort like i'm so what what does it all mean some some of these are the people who heard vince mcmahon tell freddie prince jr that why watch richard Pryor? we have santino and they agreed with that they were like they were like based (laughs) correct why why watch why watch richard Pryor? we have the fucking bleepers bloops and body slams coliseum video on backlog absolutely christ yeah so we're here again and it's 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 certainly going to be a thing yeah so i've tried to branch around to do different types of these videos uh sometime you know we watched kind of the bleepers bloops and whatever the fuck uh that is (laughs) best version of the title yet is um you know uh it which was kind of based around a theme a very specific like a very specific type of a theme in this point it's like comedy bits uh not not heavy on matches but they also had ones that were heavy on matches like world's heart world's scariest matches or whatever 
I, I mean, what we watched last week, right, was was heavy on matches. It was it was the Hogan Expo. It, it was it was just well, that's what a lot of them are. I mm-hmm. mean, most of them, I would argue, are basically that. Uh, but last time it was centered around a wrestler theme of like this. Yeah. This is all about one guy. Them exclusive dark matches. That's thrilling. And some of them are going to be British, governor. I mean, what more can I ask for? I'm being spoiled right now. Oi, and also mate. Uh, And, and, uh, And also bangers and also mash. Of course. Uh, yeah, so tonight's match is... We, tonight we are watching World Tour 1991. Oh, uh, that's a year. Named so, named so because of the, some of the international matches and just matches taking place all over the world, from what I can tell. Though many of them are in are from America and part of and are a lot of and some of a lot of them are from uh, shows that already aired in and but you know like they would pull matches from like weekly primetime wrestling and shit and put on this case because you know there's no we're talking about um the way in which um we're 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 talking about uh like what has and hasn't appeared on tv and we talked about some of this with people with people's body slams of fucking uh like what the fed has going on tv with whatever goddamn talk show i already forget the name of it but like so for reference where are they in terms of what they have on tv right now uh we are this is taking this tape is in 91 obviously um it is taking place they have prime time wrestling i know that for sure and i think that was the A show. I actually need to do some list of former WWE television programming. Uh, should give me an idea of like what was airing at the time. Yeah. Uh, at the time in 91, you have uh, this is not a broadcast on syndicate. This is, you know, this is not, they have WWF on MSG network, which obviously that is a New York specific kind of a thing. Uh, they have all American wrestling, which is kind of the, um, which was a Sunday morning show, kind of a, kind of more of a recappy show than it was like, you got, you got to be watching this every week live. Yeah. Uh, primetime wrestling was their a show at the time that's uh, so it aired what, on the had... usa network that was that was the two-hour weekly programming that like if you're trying to follow the plot the plots of the wwe yeah you were gonna be watching prime time you were gonna watch uh you have the wrestling challenge uh was a syndicated weekly show that was probably a bc tier show and superstars of wrestling also is kind of in that b tier slot wait so you have like four five shows on tv how the you had, fuck you had, you had you had three real shows yeah but you that's had still... prime time prime time wrestling challenge and superstars is like that's where that's what's happened that's where it's happening in 91 
but they still have one or two other shows that are also getting airtime, even if they're not like you had, original. You had all you have all American wrestling, which was very which very much which was like man, you're you're just really into WWE, huh? Yeah, <laughs> that's, how the that's fuck what did you're Vince watching that at. many TV deals. Jesus Christ. Because USA Network uh loves the WWE then clearly now, and forever. And forever. Um, I mean, to be fair, Wrestling Challenge and Superstars were in syndication, so. Oh, really? That's why. Yeah, they are. So they were syndicated weekly, so it's not you know it's 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 local markets kind of a thing, and then primetime and all American wrestling were on the USA Network. That's so wild. Mm-hmm. And the talk show is still going right now, right? Tuesday Night Titans? No. That ended in that in Tuesday Night Titans ended in gotta scroll and find it. Uh that ended yeah, that ended in like 1986. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was like late 80s, early 90s. All right, cool. cool, cool. No, it 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 is it is like early. It is like very strictly mid-80s content. I see. All right. So that so that's what we're at we're pulling from like all these different we're uh, and we're pulling from like all the different like original content shows yeah plus dark uh, matches yes jesus christ yeah so world tour i mean i'm going to go i will just like read the description in on peacock and that will be all we know about what's happening tonight oh uh, boy Lord Alfred Hayes hosts an, an out-of-this-world presentation of unforgettable action from various locations all over the globe. Mm. So our buddy Lord Hayes is, uh, is the host. The uh, OG WWE British man. Woo! Mm -hmm. We get a battle between Rowdy Roddy Piper and Ted DiBiase. Oh, 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 <laughs> the, 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 the knots. The not Scottish man versus the not rich man. I love, <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's that's yeah. exciting. And then, okay, I'll be honest. This main event is why I I uh, I as late as two hours ago didn't really know which which what we were going to watch tonight. Hmm. I was I was debating between various Coliseum videos, and one of them I got close on Invasion ninety two, so named. Because the hosts of the show do Star Trek parody. <laughs> they all they dress what? like they're on the Enterprise. Showing the best what? wrestling from across the galaxy. <laughs> what? What the fuck? <clears throat> Why? Oh, no. God, that's like those fucking, like, that one, like, Canadian megachurch that does those insane, like, Easter musicals. That's like that, that fucking tier of just, like, let's give this a theme. Just, just cause, and let's go like yeah, weirdly. Man. Let's go weirdly dedicated to the bit. And what, like, what? Okay. I I thought about it, but I decided I don't. I don't. I've never really watched Star Trek, so I Neither can't make. I. So I can't make appropriately funny humor about it. It's about yeah. them doing Star Trek. You would have needed to get like my dad to guest star on the show or something. <laughs> yeah. So I picked. Also, I picked World Tour 91 because the main event is absolutely insane. And I, I needed to see it with my own eyes. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm intrigued. So, the main event of this tape is uh -huh. Uh -huh. 
Hulk Hogan and oh, the no. Ultimate Warrior. Oh, in a tag team match. Oh, against Sergeant Slaughter. Oh, no. General Adnan. Oh, and no. the Undertaker. <laughs> and what? What? And and. And the under there were three there were there were three names. It is a two v three match that is the exact same match as the SummerSlam '91 main event. It is before SummerSlam '91, by the way. Uh, but oh, SummerSlam '91, uh, also known as a match made in heaven and a match made in hell, because that oh. was the show. That was the show that was dual main evented by the Miss Elizabeth Randy Savage marriage, and the main event was. Hogan and Warrior versus um, oh, Sergeant Slaughter, General Adnan, and and Kama and uh, Colonel Mustafa. Uh, then the three on two match. It's the same match, like five months earlier, but we don't have Colonel Mustafa yet. We, we have the Adnan. fucking Undertaker. Oh, oh, the Undertaker. Yeah. What? What? What the? See, I'm I'm surprised the Undertaker wasn't attached to the match made in hell version. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, we have a five month early like warm up to a SummerSlam main event. That's mm-hmm. that's so weird. And that's uh, really that weird. It's time. I need to. I don't think I need to introduce any of you people to who Hulk Hogan or the Undertaker are. Uh, though all. I will say this is this is OG OG Undertaker. Like we yeah. are the original undead mortician, zombie man. Purple gloves and everything. My yeah. man's my man's got those fucking purple non-latex Mr. Clean gloves that he that he's got to wear to the to the mortuary every this day. This is so early he hasn't turned babyface yet. Like he was a heel for about the first year of his time in the company, and then they turned him babyface in ninety. Well, yeah, because he was so motherfucking over. Yes. So we have that. The ultimate warrior is uh what if Hogan was more coke fueled and <laughs> more and and crazier. Yeah, this, this is my is introduction warrior. to Ultimate Warrior. I remember going to I think it was the house show we went to and seeing people with like signs or something that had like the Ultimate Warrior makeup and I had never heard of the ultimate i thought it was like they were doing like it was it was an og sting reference but no, no i guess ultimate warrior no, and OG though sting had warrior the warrior well at well warrior and sting were tag team partners at the very beginning of their careers as the blade ah. runners but is that why everyone the gabagoo on the they face? have think that's why they both yeah because like it's like their designs the designs of ultimate warrior and like og sting makeup were really similarly shaped mm-hmm. but what happened was is uh people took a look at the ultimate warrior who was an ex-bodybuilder and they were like this guy could be a top guy because look at that physique so they're <laughs> look like at get the, the fuck out of it look at the so I don't think we're going to get any... So we're not going to get the best of the Ultimate Warrior because the Ultimate Warrior as an in-ring wrestler was total trash. But his... Wait, he was... He was really bad. Wait! Why is he so fucking iconic then? Because everyone fucking seems to love Ultimate Warrior. Because his his character and his promos are some of the weirdest 
things you will ever hear in wrestling. Oh no. Oh, no. And we don't get to hear a warrior promo tonight, do we? We just have to watch him wrestle alongside fucking three moves and you done Hulk Hogan. Hulk oh, Hogan. Hulk no. Hogan is the work rate boy of that tag team. He is. He is the work rate boy by comparison. No. Oh, I'm gonna die. Uh huh. And Sergeant Slaughter. Oh yeah, because this is the best period of sergeant slaughter and by that i of course mean the worst so sergeant slaughter uh was originally just a dude who loves america and is apparently ex-military i don't think he is legit a veteran i think he just Probably plays not. the character yeah and he and he got a gi joe out of it because i guess he, he was, was just that over he did he was brother uh but in 91 Oh, excuse me, in night early night late 1990, he turned heel because you see, we were having this uh, uh conflict overseas, the Gulf War. Gulf uh, War we were, yeah. it was about to happen, and <laughs> and all of a sudden people were we had America. Sergeant Slaughter turned heel, explaining that Americans have become soft baby cucks or whatever and he is now he he basically called everyone beta cucks uh but 1990 version and he has had some long talks with his new close personal friend saddam hussein and he is now an iraqi sympathizer And this is, this is, it's funny too. Okay. Cause this is, yeah. Okay. This is when Gulf War was gearing up. This is before like Gulf War just kind of went down in infamy. It's like a fucking. Well, this match, this match is, this match is March 91, which means it is at best just after the Gulf War. Because you see. Oh, so it has already to go down as like an infamous fucking. Yes, the gimmick is fascinating that they did this before the Gulf War started when it was just mm -hmm. like tensions between Iraq and uh, America. Mm -hmm. Then the Gulf War happened and they doubled down <laughs> on the character. They, mm -hmm. in fact, tried... I don't know why I'm giving away all the fun plot beats as if I will not one day make us watch this whole fucking thing yep. on the podcast. I've done it before. I know the song and dance at this point, and it's still, it's still, it gets funnier every single time I hear it. The real peak was they were going to have Hulk Ho try to have Hulk Hogan as a publicity stunt go on like a military base to rah rah with the troops because they're gonna go fight Iraq and Sergeant Slaughter brother, uh, oh. but they doubled down, and then the war ended. It was it's the Gulf War is a relatively uh, quick military conflict. Um, it's really it was really only a couple months, mm -hmm. and then they proceeded to continue to do the gimmick until august of 1991 it's like six months after the gulf war had ended <laughs> easy jesus christ oh my god so sergeant yeah, slaughter right. is full sergeant slaughter is full iraqi sympathizer here uh let me double check some dates 
because uh, where is AK? Where is this in relation to WrestleMania Seven? Uh, WrestleMania. Oh boy! According to the time stand, the time dates I have provided to me, this match is taking place mere days after WrestleMania Seven that was main oh. evented by Hogan defeating Finn Slaughter for Slaughter. the belt. So why are we running it back again? Because we're not done doing it for the for the US of A. We are we're not done, done putting a boot. We're not done putting a boot in in Iraq's ass because that's the American way. <laughs> Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his. Kill me. Okay, so and I, uh, General Adnan, was a dude who was a wrestler and literal IRL personal friends with Saddam Hussein, like what childhood friends with him. It is what on his fuck? Wikipedia page. It's probably the, the most fuck? interesting thing about him. Adnan al Kassi, uh was a literal, actual friend, at high school friend with Saddam Hussein. And he became a wrestler. And his most famous role was playing General Adnan as part of the Sergeant Slaughter group. Ah, what? Imagine, I, um, um, imagine the divergent paths for two young men growing up in in Iraq. Of what one of them goes on to become a professional wrestler in America, and the other one goes on to be, you know, Saddam fucking Hussein. <laughs> Imagine the alternate timeline where had not Al-Qassi became the rule, <laughs> became Saddam. the leader of Iraq and Saddam Hussein Saddam. became a wrestler. And instead of General Adnan, it was General, General Saddam. Saddam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Can I, I would love, I would love to see that fucking alternate universe. That would be so so magical i think and the yeah. third member of this group which i i could not figure out i don't know yes okay he is he is joined by this point is colonel mustafa yeah uh, i've heard that name yeah um he is played by the iron sheik oh 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 hey sheik's here it's great yeah. except except of course the part where sheik is Iranian. Yeah. And Vince was like, <laughs> this, ah, is, this, is, this is literal like, a brown man close enough. <laughs> Vince was literally like, oh, you know, it's it's one letter away. It's fine. Which sociopolitically <laughs> is <laughs> not <laughs> fine. <laughs> How different can they be? I mean, if one's Iraq and the other's Iran, then that that uh, I mean there's they sound so similar they must be similar which of course, <laughs> of, no. course no. of course uh, at the at least we have at, at at the very least this is this helped kickstart the career of the incredibly based constantly hulk hogan shitting iron chic <laughs> i don't know if uh, kickstart is the right word 
I'll go with revitalize because he was pretty he was pretty done in the WWE in general for by like 1987. And yeah. I guess this gives him a mild resurgence uh before he would become the manager of the Sultan. Wait, who... this is post oh of course this is post Iron Yes, Sheet. very wait, wait. So are we just pretending that this isn't the Iron Sheik? Yes. Yes, we are. Did people buy it? No. No, they didn't. So remind me again why the fuck we needed curtain call to teach people that wrestling was fake. Oh, I got I got I got an idea for you hold your wrist on that one. Uh but Iron Sheik's other career, late career resurgence for just for posterity purposes, historical posterity, was as being the manager of the Sultan in the early days of the Attitude Era, which was Rikishi under a mask pretending to be a Middle Eastern man. Oh, no. And because said he's brown close enough. Close enough. Close enough. That'll, that'll do just fine for me, I think. Mm-hmm. who's gonna know the difference i mean i mean considering they got a fucking like ethnically vague italian man to play a to play a a, a supposed a, like a, a middle eastern muslim in the in the 90s i i i don't know what the fuck or 2000 fuck when was muhammad hassan 2000 hassan, early muhammad 2000 hassan was 2005 yeah vince never gave a shit yeah so like that's great. We are almost oh, yeah. certainly going to see old Colonel Mustafa. On I'm this excited. Show. I'm excited. So yeah, there's just there's just this is this is going to be a neat little journey down into 1991 WWF. We are and, we the, are, and the and the political ramifications of the the cultural ramifications of the Gulf War on the world of pro wrestling. I'm so excited. Consider it a preview for when I eventually decide we're just going to do the do slaughter. little rub. Oh, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. That's one of those ones I know is locked and loaded for some time in the near future. Yep. So if you would like to watch along with us, you can do Don't. so. Don't. <laughs> well, that's probably that's probably the best <laughs> idea. But if you wanted to, if if um you can do so. At Peacock, uh, that is a, a NBC Universal streaming service. That's where all the WWE stuff is, uh, and they including about three dozen of their Coliseum home video releases. Uh, they are all a pain in the dick to pirate online, in a means that we could watch them. So this is the best we got. Sorry, sorry about it, folks. We, we we like doing things that are easy for us yeah so uh we will be back in the back half to discuss wwf world tour 1991 yay and we are back we have finished the WWF World Tour 91 on Coliseum Home Video. That man, you know, I when I said that that when I said in the front half 
that like man this is like i basically implied yeah this shit's kind of boring the monkey paw did curl a little bit uh it this is i feel like it was kind of it was many things i don't know if it was good wrestling but it was not boring i'll tell you that uh, yeah i feel like we kind of reached the goldilocks ratio between the three that we've watched so far of like mm-hmm. bloop bleepers bleeps and bleepy slams was it, it was too much that was just mm-hmm. too much yeah uh, the hulk hogan whatever was not nearly enough that was that shit was just boring hulk hogan and this this managed to find a nice little middle ground it had, it had the goofy bullshit but it also had like actual wrestling and actually a decent amount of that wrestling was actually good i will say that some of that wrestling was actually good so i i yeah. would say this is this is probably like the the goldilocks of the of the um of the the three so far to be sure that's fair uh so let's get into it uh to <clears throat> we start with this like cheesy train intro graphic and then we get lord alfred hayes who is our host for the evening standing on a train track apparently waiting for the wwf express which i know is a bunch of bullshit but also would i be surprised if one of vince's many failed business ventures was owning his own train no no No, i would not and oh look they he just happens to be filming at just the perfect time because the train just happens to be pulling at the station just at that perfect time crazy so we we and we can tell that this is in fact the same shot because we don't see alfred get on the train (laughs) they show the train they cut they have alfred standing on the track they cut to another camera shot to show the train and then they cut to inside the train where alfred is sitting down yeah, pretty much. He the 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 power, the magic of jump cuts, my friend. Ain't they special? Mm-hmm. Just like God, Kamala yeah. eating the chicken. <laughs> oh, we love we love the fucking WWE made cinematic magic happen with mm-hmm. with those fucking jump cuts, my friend. Yeah. So Alfred is like intros us for the tag team match of the month. That is what it is called. Uh, the Rockers versus the Orient Express for our first match of the show. Okay, okay. So it was the or- so that's the name of the team. Yes, the Orient oh, Express. No. Okay, because <laughs> I didn't. Okay, that's funny because I didn't realize that at first. So Alfred's like, yeah, so now we go to the Orient Express, and I'm like, you thought fu- he was is, talking is- about the train? <laughs> I was like, is WWF doing a murder mystery? Which no. that would be a t- well, I guess they already technically have done. They have a Scooby Doo special or two. I'm so I guess they, they already have done. I would love to see them like do it a, th- a fucking like Agatha Christie's tier murder mystery though. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Um, and the but I but but then like I saw the team that I guess is called Orient Express and Mr. Fuji was there. I'm like, oh. Oh, Alfred, did you say that because Mr. Fuji is here? Come on now. I mean, that's, what that they, that's the why they were named that. Uh, yeah. So mm, the, team is, the team is Pat Tanaka, uh, Kato, and who is in a mask, which I think is important to know because uh, he is Croatian <laughs> under the mask. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I want to go ahead and check my notes on that. 
not Asia. Well, the not proud Asia. Legacy. Is Croatia in Asia? Hold on. Please check. I, Please hold. I, I thought it was Eastern Europe. In the Balkans. Either way, yeah. not not Eastern you know, Eastern Europe. It, yeah, it's Balkans, which not you know, not far east like this guy is supposed to be. It it could be worse. They could be weaponizing his Balkan identity for uh for some weird country-based heat. Glad they didn't go that route at the very least, but I don't know if yellow face is much better. It's probably a lot I worse, actually. Yes. Yeah, uh, or Pat yellow Tanaka, mask in this case. Pat Tanaka, I can't tell if he is of Japanese descent or not, but he did train in the New Japan Dojo. Hey, the, look at that. So, you know. And then, of course, Mr. Fuji. Mr. Fuji. Again, the, the conductor of the Orient Express. I'm sure that's a name they came up with all by themselves. And I, they, they wouldn't have referenced nothing. Uh, they, and, <laughs> uh, this match was taped in London. We have a lot of match. I'm pretty yeah. sure all the Coliseum exclusive matches tonight were in London, actually. Were, they might have been. They talked us. A, a lot of them were in London. I know that. Uh, they had they had haze on commentary for a few of them, so I don't know if that was like, yeah, I oh, guess I guess been, it was, yeah. And so uh, the uh, then the Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Janetti, Marty uh, yeah, they are just like two cool dudes with attitude in 1991. This is my first time seeing the Rockers in action. I think, yeah, I I, I believe it is. Yeah, this was this was a night of first for me. I have to say, we'll get to some more of them later. But yeah, this is my yeah. First we time got to... we got a we got a good sense of like early '90s WWF roster, which yeah, is, which is unique to this podcast so far. And yeah, and full of some really like iconic things that we haven't mm -hmm. really touched on yet. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so so the Rockers are here. Um, we have Vince McMahon and fucking Roddy Piper on commentary, and oh, oh boy, oh boy, oh, talk about Roddy Piper. Roddy, Roddy was only on commentary for the first half of the matches of this show, which is unfortunate because holy shit. Oh yeah. Oh, I have things to say. Uh, for for first my first all, actual mean... note is 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 Roddy Piper says he would not let either of the Rockers date his daughter. Yeah, he's feeling. He mentions that a few times throughout the match. He's feeling very protective of his daughter. Don't which is don't which is. Her. It's weird because it's like they're supposed to be like likable baby faces for like the cool kids. So this, it's, I guess that plays into it a little bit, making them look like bad boys. But bad boys in yes. their ne bad boys in their neon. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh, nothing more rebellious in the early '90s than wearing neon colors. No, but also I just kind of want to believe that this is like Roddy Piper's response to anything: is "Don't date my daughter." Hey, hey, Roddy, you want pizza for dinner? Don't date my daughter. Uh, okay, I don't know why you yeah, brought okay. that That's up. Not, that's not the, question, not the question I asked. But but you're not going to date my daughter, right? Well, no, no, I guess not. Success. Nailed it. Absolutely. One, one down, four billion to go. Yeah. Also, Roddy Piper is uh very uh very excitedly declaring this particular match to be a rampage, boys, rampage. And I suppose rampage really is the show that y'all been waiting on uh, ever since 1991. Yeah, I TK got TK T Tony Khan owned, Tony Khan. Tony Khan owned this Coliseum video. And he's like, and 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 he's like, man, that'd be a great title for a wrestling show. 
30 years later. I have it. I have I have it. Now now I have the idea of a century here 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 lads. Don't 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 worry about it. I have yeah. the best name. Yeah, so yeah. the match d- already gets started on some bullshit uh where Fuji uses so his cane to oh oh this is very much golden age WWE is that everything has to be soup has to be bullshit. Uh, the heels Christ. can't. The heels oh. can't just wrestle. They all have to be cheating, obnoxious dicks. It got so old. Uh, How else would you know they are the bad guys? I don't know. They just jaw jack. It's fine. Uh, so Fuji takes his cane and he whacks Sean with it immediately. The match hadn't even started yet, and so the Rockers just pack up and leave. Uh, they tell the ring announcer that if Fuji yeah. is going to stay out here, then we are going back and we are coming back with a surprise. Yeah. See, at first I thought they were just like leaving the match, which I thought was really funny, but no, I guess they were, they were going to get their own ringside help and who should they get, but fucking Andre, the giant just to casually valet them for this match. What the fuck? Yeah, we are, late late career andre the giant because he is now wearing polos oh yeah the the uh uh the hawaiian shirts are on full yeah. display here last he literally face again i guess yeah he turned i forget how he turned babyface again but he did we are within two years of his death that's interesting Jesus. to think about uh but Andre is well past his ability to wrestle, but he can still show up and do and stuff. Everyone, not, and everyone loses their mind for it. He, he isn't at the point where he comes out with crutches. There will be a point where he comes out with really? crutches. Yeah. We really? haven't hit that point yet, but we're close. Uh, oh, but he is, he is here tonight to be the support for the Rockers. Yeah, no. I guess they have enough street credit just casually get andre in their corner don't know how but okay and fuji's boys just kind of don't know what to do with this they're like what we didn't see this one come how are we supposed to cheat the whole time if they well, have another if, if they, they have a friend have, if they have the biggest boy how how can we do anything and fuji's fuji's just kind of like yeah i don't know do your best out there you got you get it guys I, I believe I believe in you. Don't don't worry about it. Don't get me in trouble with Andre. Yeah, um, I took a note as so we get the match going. It's it's a, it's a solid enough match. I, I was expecting a little more up up uh, up uh, up tempo from the Rockers from what I've heard of them before. I but... I honestly felt like it was pretty up tempo. I f- I feel like. I feel like it was it was Orient Express that was probably holding them back here. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Is that it seems like the Orient Express might be the problem here. Yeah, um, and according to you, quick tags are like still a new thing in this era. Well, I guess because they were like hyping up how like, hey, you gotta watch this. What the Rockers do these quick tags back and forth, like. <laughs> They're hyping that. So like on commentary, they're hyping it up. Is this like new fangled invention of technique of the, of, of, of the younger generation of a, of a mo- little more Christ. of a little more informal, like tag procedure. That's so wild, dude. Like to think that, I mean, I guess it makes sense, but just to think of like a time 
when quick tags weren't that weren't really a thing because we were so like focused on the technical proceduralism of wrestling yeah you have like you got like you got to stand in the corner you got to hold the tag rope it's got to be hand to hand yep and and, and god gotta be hand to hand that's so wild in in today's day and age just like you just kind of like five star your partner just hit something and just hit the partner somewhere that's just smack him in the nuts and, and and that's a tag Something that comes up a lot in other ma- in other matches, and I don't I don't really remember it happening in this one, but also like the concept that the ref must see the tag. And yeah, fact, I know. It is a huge part of every tag match at this era of time, where like at least once the baby faces either the heels will make a tag, will sneakily tag in, and the ref misses it, or the baby faces make a legit tag, but the ref misses it, so the ref's like, "Hey, hey, that didn't count. Get back." Man, that's got to be such an exhausting trope to watch on the regular. Holy shit. I'd get so tired of that so quickly. God damn. But yeah, so that's that's definitely uh that's definitely how how the tag tags work. And We also know. learned that we're in the worst timeline, the bad ending cuz the nasty boys are the current champs. Now. Yeah, they um at one point on commentary they talk about um like the nasty boys are probably watching the tapes on both of these teams. And quite frankly, I refuse to believe the nasty boys have ever watched the tapes on anybody. I, I doubt that <laughs> shit. So nasty boy. I didn't think they cared that much. I didn't think that was possible for them to do. I didn't think it was in their like mental capacity. No, I mean, why do they need to watch tapes? All I got to do is, is stick them in their hairy, smelly armpits and bada bing, bada boom. We got it. <laughs> that's a, that's, that's the best finisher in the business, baby. All right. No, until someone invents something to beat the stinky armpit, you got, you, you, I mean, you got a winning strategy that can never be topped. And that's why they're the tag champs, obviously. Yep. Uh, I made a note that they that I think Sean individually did a double atomic drop on both members of the Orient Express. And yeah. this, this is now my moment to go on a soapbox about how we need to bring back the atomic drop. Do we? So, yes. So the atomic drop is a move where basically you pick up your opponent and drop them down like on in a standing position. But the idea is that you're like, hitting hurting their tailbone is what you're is what you're doing there okay that makes sense either by the weird momentum of it or i mean i think so i think some people like get it put a knee out so it's like you're dropping them on they're you're dropping them ass first on your knee (laughs) fair enough that's 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 a thing you can do and it's like it's such a ridiculously stupid move and it's i want to see more of it in wrestling where are my atomic drops yeah, I gotta say, for a move called the Atomic Drop, it it doesn't feel like it has the weight of an atomic. Like, no, I've heard no, that term before, and it was funny because you started talking about the Atomic Drop, and I was like, I see nothing in this ring that feels momentous enough to be what I always imagine goes along with the term Atomic Drop. What are you talking about? No, it is the time they like drop them ass first. <laughs> Ass-based offense. This Ass is what we based need. Offense. I love it. So just a reverse pile driver, but your right side of pile driver, your right side up. Um, that's yes. great. 
that's, that's a good so way perfect. to describe it. A pile driver at your right side up. Oh, that's so perfect. That I I don't understand why this move has died out. Yeah, it's it's, it's, offense it's, is the best part of wrestling. It is a very like it's it's like a golden age move. It it got phased out by like the attitude era. <laughs> yeah, well, as we know, Austin, it's we not have like made it, it's, so yeah. many advancements in medical in medical academia since since these early days, and we know that there are no injuries more serious than those sustained to the ass. And so we, as as I think you were so eloquently putting it when we were watching, we must asses in wrestling have never been safer since the phasing out of the atomic drop. And I, I for one am here for protecting all of the asses of all of the wrestlers out there. It's, it's so essential, you, you, you know, to, to the well-being of, of these performers that their asses be protected. Of course. Um, so it's, it's, I, I made, I wrote literally, uh, so many leapfrogs, so many drop downs, God dang spot monkeys. I know. And we went from a leapfrog to an arm bar. Now Holy this chain shit. wrestling. The, you got to slow it down, kid. Yeah. It's all, this also makes it funny that I was like, shitting on like spot monkey wingers during the front half because holy fuck the rockers are the rockers if we the talk rockers about, like, are the spot monkeys of nine yeah we talk about like mcmg is like proto young bucks rockers feel like fucking proto mcmg jesus christ mm-hmm. god damn yeah no what we did two moves in a row in quick succession and we got quick tags oh oh man the i I've never seen this is the fact that that it unironically probably like revolutionized the industry back then. So fucking wild. I mean, I mean, who, I mean, I mean, who do you think the young bucks take their style after like their literal fashion style? See, it's funny because the young bucks like take their general style after the rockers. And then there are the guns who just like do Shawn Michaels cosplay specifically. Yeah, it's the best of both of both the Rockers and the Motor City Machine Guns. Absolutely. I, I'm so glad we get such diverse representation. Anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, I, I made note so- and thought it was funny that considering the career trajectory of both of these men, uh, it's funny that Shawn Michaels was getting... Okay, so in a tag match, you have the guy that gets worked over, the baby face usually, to set up the hot tag for his partner to come in and be like, bam, bam, hit all the moves and they win, right? Uh, I thought it's very funny that the person in the match who is the, who, does, who is setting up for the hot tag is Sean and the hot tag is to Marty Jannetty. Oh my God. The, the, the true star of the Rockers, M- Martis Jannettis, is, mm-hmm. it, I'm so, I'm so happy that, that, you know, I'm so happy, you know, that, that, He's really given a, a hand up to 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 the little guy Sean Michaels here. You know, mm-hmm. no one really cares about that guy. But but at the end of the day, we got to give the star of of the, the true star of the two of them, um, Marta Janetta, uh, his due. I I mean, come on now, he 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 he's the true star, and you know you can only you can only do so much charity for the guy that no one gives a shit about. We gotta we gotta you know, let the, let, let the man who gets all the ratings, you know, we got to let him shine, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. Let him cook. Let him cook. Pull up. Let him cook. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got a few good uh Roddy a few more good Roddy Piper lines from Cobbett. I have I have one more. Um I'll go ahead and say mine then. Is I at some point while the while the um Orient Express were on the attack, we had you had Roddy saying they own half of America, and I was like, Yes, this is the early nineties. Thank you, Roddy. What because, what was that even supposed to mean? Uh, this that's playing on uh, a lot of the fear. A lot if you look at a lot of 80s sci-fi aesthetic, there's a lot of like fears of the idea of like a Japanese technological takeover of the world. Um, and like that that phases out as we get into the 90s. But it was definitely a very 80s cultural trope, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Christ almighty. I'm so glad the cinephile Roddy Piper is here is here with the uh the fresh the fresh references and, and cultural mm. observations and that totally aren't racist at all. Uh he also I don't I didn't even catch the full fucking context here, but there was something like Roddy they, they were talking about something and all I caught was Roddy Piper saying don't ask Andre, especially if he wants dinner. Thank, thank you, Roddy. Uh, I don't there, remember there the context, but they, yeah, I, either. But they, they definitely did get to a com- a point where they're just like, "Ha ha, Andre eats a lot because he's big." He's, get he's it? Fat. He's fat. He is a large man. Get it? Get it? Uh, Roddy Piper also calls this pure, not pure technical wrestling, pure scientific wrestling. So Roddy Piper's out here breaking out his test tubes and. Uh, a per- a personal favorite of mine from this match was uh uh the the rockers do a do a tag and I think Vince calls it a nice tag. Oh, he, oh yeah. Roddy goes. Roddy goes. How do you have a nice tag? Do you say thank you? And Vince says, I suppose so. He does this multiple times in this show across multiple matches. How do you have a nice tag? You say, I, I want to believe that now Roddy Piper, uh, every time he's in a tag match, and he, he makes a point to like give a whole eloquent speech showing his gratitude to his tag partner for this for this uh this most generous <laughs> moment. Roddy was really yeah. on his most like linguistic asshole tonight you you cut you you come over yeah yeah fucking annoying ass like uh syntax nazi roddy piper but yeah no you come over and and roddy piper tags you and he's like shall i compare thee to a summer's day yes um so at the match kind of in ends uh or basically the Orient Express go for like a double clothesline. They literally like link arms and try to run at Sean and Sean ducks him and then hits them both. And then he tags in Marty. Marty hits all his moves. Rah, 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 rah. Marty goes uh, for uh, an uh, elbow uh, drop. Fuji trips him up on the top rope. Oh, excuse me. He trips him up on the side of it. My bad. He was going for, he was not going for an elbow drop on the top, but Fuji trips him up. Marty goes out of the ring and is like, Hey man, and then Andre comes over and chokes Fuji. Yeah. Then, well, it does then, the thing where he like chokes them from behind. Uh, and, you know, uh, and then sh- and then shakes their neck, you know. And then Andre takes Fuji's cane, hits Pat Tanaka in the head with it, and yeah. then the Rockers hit a double team move off the top and win. For, oh god, okay. Um 
There was a lot of noted baby faces on this show. Andre is but the first. Yeah. Yeah. Noted baby face. Andre the Giant cracking a motherfucker over the head with a cane. You can get away with anything, yada yada. Um, oh, oh, um, a few other things of commentary that I missed. Uh, at one point, it, uh, there was this great moment where Vince was insisting that the rest they have on staff are the very best in the business. And then in the middle of insisting that, like literally in the middle of a sentence, just stops like mid-word and yells like, come on, ref, turn around. What the fuck are you doing? So he's, he's like, yeah, we have only the best. Hey, ref, ref, what the fuck? Ref! You know, we, we really only have the best. Ref! Um, also, um, Roddy Piper at one point is like, he, you know, Mr. Fuji's a heel piece of shit. Don't get me wrong. But Roddy Piper at one point is is over here, like, questioning what the fuck Fuji is doing while Fuji is doing uh, checks notes absolutely goddamn nothing. So Roddy Piper's just here, I guess, like, he's just managing there menacingly. Yeah, there is a point where they're, like, they're, like, telling how evil of a man. They're trying to, like, look at this sinister manister. He's he's making sure to tell his team where the referee is at all times. Hey. Yeah, I know. What, dude, fuck, fuck this guy practicing good communication with his team. What the fuck is he doing? Yep. All right. Yeah. Uh, we get a random understated voiceover segue from Lord Alfred to the next match. Um, yep, we get still in London. It is the Warlord versus Jim Neidhart. Yeah, okay. The Warlord, who I'm just like, ah, Wardlow, this is war, not war. Like. This yeah. is Warlord. This is Warlord. <laughs> um, Roddy Piper is and. Okay, I feel like I war warlords get up on his way to the ring. He has like a fucking like metal half mask on his face that makes him look like a cyborg. He's got doesn't he have some kind of like cloak or cape or something? Yeah, yeah, like, he has like shoulder pads that yeah. are kind of a little kind of cloaky. And oh my god, my man's fucking wrestling speedo is like it's like black and has like these like white lightning stripe patterns. It's very distracting to look at. Like my I just kept getting drawn to this man's ass with lightning strikes all over it. And Roddy Piper is very insistent that the warlord is the wrestling version of Phantom of the Opera. And oh no, Austin, I, I suddenly know exactly what we need for the next Elizabeth no. episode. No, <laughs> They they set out a whole they set out a whole fucking scenario for this. He's like he's like he's like does, does he take doing the does he take of the opera with the warlord? Does he take wrestlers down to his basement and teach them to wrestle? No. If we're gonna do the war, if we're gonna do the Phantom of the Opera, we're gonna do it with the Undertaker. We are no. not doing it with the fucking warlord. But he don't got the mask though, Austin. Uh, yes, he did when he, when, um, Mabel sat on his face and broke oh, it. Oh, shit, I forgot about the, the Phantom of the Opera mask. So, but it's, oh, that's a full mask. Warlord's got the half mask, so I think he still wins here. I, I abjectly refuse to this. Work once again with me! No, Warlord! <laughs> The Phantom of the WWF is here. The anyway, Phantom of the Ring. The um, of the ring. So anyway, the crowd, the crowd goes ballistic for Jim Neidhart to come out. Top top guy here in London, Jim Neidhart. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess London, Canada, same difference. Uh, then I, I I was offended that Vince dared to make a good point on commentary, uh, what? where he 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 brought up that like the Warlord is a solo guy; he always wrestles by himself. Whereas Jim Neidhart is usually a tag guy with Bret Hart. Is Jim Neidhart better? Is Jim Neidhart well enough equipped for a singles match? Damn it, Vince! D- damn it! It's almost as bad as when as when Lawler makes good commentary. Fuck, mm-hmm. I hate that shit. Yeah, yeah we, um, start, Roddy Piper, we start the match like all good muscly men matches where they stare at each other and shove and do some light shoving. They shove. They they just shove and shove as 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 is obligated of them as big boys. Uh, mm-hmm. Roddy says there will be no complaints about hair pulling in this match. Thank you, Roddy. Because Warlord is bald and, bald and uh, Nightheart has very short hair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, also, at this at this point, aside, I've noticed this about Roddy Piper at this point. Aside from all the wild shit he says, his commentary is like really fucking basic. Like it's not quite the levels of I forget that one woman we were talking about in the last Coliseum Mike video. McGork. Mike McGork. They're not quite Mike McGork levels, but but fucking. Uh, Piper is is like it just feels like wrestling commentary. The wrestling comedy, like the the most basic ass like improv observations you can go with. Yeah, it's it's almost like Roddy Piper was not good as a commentator. Was not as good as a commentator. Yeah, he could not translate. The- he couldn't translate his promos to commentary, which is you think would be wouldn't be surprising because those are two completely different skill sets. But, but Vince is like, ah, close enough. No, they thought that Roddy would be good on commentary because he is a phenomenal promo guy, which, no. That's not, no. That doesn't always translate, my man, but nope. okay. Yeah, Um. also, Roddy Piper apparently thinks that Jim Neidhart looks like Vincent Van Gogh? I don't see it, except that they both kind of have reddish hair. Other and than that, I got beards, nothing. Like goatees, yep. I guess. Yeah, but I mean, uh, man, while we're ta- while we're like cast while, while while we're casting WWF versions of famous pop culture shit, that'd be an interesting movie. Mm-hmm. Van Gogh starring Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. baby. Speaking of old Nightheart, he opened this match working that headlock. Oh my god. There were so many fucking holds in this match. Oh my god. They they wanted to let you know that like Jim Jim Neidhart is gonna win this purely on the merits of of technical we are, we are we are letting the workers work tonight. <laughs> Big boy don't stand a chance against a good old fucking arm bar, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, Neidhart knocks war uh, warlord out of the ring. With a with a trio of shoulder tackles, and at this point is I'm pretty sure it's when Vince says that he was unceremoniously dumped out of the ring. To which again, syntax jackass over here. It's Roddy Piper's like, oh, so is there usually ceremony when you throw someone out of the ring? I hate this. I hate this so much. You annoying bastard, Roddy. Stop it. Uh, he also remarks that maybe because. 
Vince is using big words like unceremonious. The UK has brought a lot of properness to you, hasn't it, Senor McMahon? As if Senor is a common. Uh, that's a common the that's the correct title in, in the UK. Roddy, what? Uh, at one point, uh, wholesome content in the ring. Uh, Jim and and the Warlord are are they're giving each other just a great big hug. Oh no! We before we get to the hug, we get to the hand holding. So you need to oh, back up a little. There, bit. There's there's a there's a progression because here. There's War, the hand holding. Warlord tries to set up a test of strength, which if you don't know what that is, it is when two wrestlers hold hands with each other and pretend to be like pushing each other back with their strength. With each other's it's strengths. the weirdest shit ever, dude. I don't and know so, why. Thing, like and it's war it, every it, time warlord like try he like offers it up and nightheart's like uh, this might be a trick i don't know oh. and he, he grabs the hand and then warlord immediately goes for a kick but nightheart saw it coming and so they bounce around the ring in a circle with yeah, yeah holding fucking, out warlord's leg war, roddy not roddy piper fucking fucking jim nightheart discovers the perfect defeater to the warlord is holding his leg vertical, and I guess the warlord is just unable to escape for or holding his leg horizontal. I guess the warlord is just unable to escape from that and unable to reach Jim the Anvil Nightheart with his arms. He's got, I guess, his arms are too tiny to reach him from this yep. position. So okay. I guess Jim just figured out the cheat code to defeating it's warlord. over game over. No, that, yeah, this man's never gonna fucking win a single match again. He's gotta hold his goddamn leg the whole time. Yeah, um. I don't even remember the context for this anymore. And but Roddy at one point says, "Looks like a walrus, goo goo gachoo." <laughs> and who is he talking about? Why I don't, I don't remember. Know. Does it just, matter? Roddy Piper just saying things on commentary. <laughs> but yes, at one point they do get into like a fucking bear hug spot. Except it's, it's funny because like Jim Nightheart is like he's jumped up and he has. Not only is oh yeah okay they get into around. a bear they get into a bear hug and at Norton first Nightheart is like caught with his feet on the ground and then Nightheart pushes out of it and then they go for it again but this time Jim Nightheart wraps his legs around the warlord's yes <laughs> they're hugging it's such a cute <laughs> couple now kiss. Yeah, I mean, what? Man, I wanted them there, to kiss There so is bad. nothing homoerotic There's about nothing. professional wrestling. Wrestling, I don't know wrestling is a manly man sport for manly man, and it ain't gay in the slightest. Shut, mm -hmm. shut your fucking mouth. Um, what else? Uh, more. I just so many of this shit is just Roddy Piper notes. Roddy Piper. Uh, oh, ask, to how to get out of the bear hug? You might ask. Oh, Nightheart. Yeah climbs over the shoulder oh, yeah. of the warlord and he koala koala and then he like gets down and tries to get him up for like make roll him up with the sunset flip and so you get warlord being like whoa trying oh, to good. stay on my feet oh, no. oh. he did end Is up he punching his fall? way out of it yeah but he did not fall he did not fall is he gonna fall uh no but thanks for asking um let's see roddy piper says that london arizona is a place which uh let me let me probably that's probably true london wait no 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 they have a london bridge in arizona in lake 
Havasu City. London Bridge is a bridge in Lake Havasu City, Arizona. It was built in the 1830s to span the when it was built in the 1830s, it spanned the River Thames in England. 1968, the bridge was purchased from the city of London by Robert P. McCullough, who had the exterior granite blocks from the original bridge cut and transported to the United States to the construction of a new bridge in Lake Havasu City. What the fuck? Okay, what? I guess. So that's just the actual OG London Bridge. What? Sure. That's uh, insane. Um, also... I- uh, Roddy is also very happy to be here in the UK because, and I quote, he won't have to beat people up for being judgy about his kilt. Yep. Uh, okay. Yep. Uh, so Nightheart is make, um, I made note of this cause it's funny. The comment, a lot of the match is the warlord beating up on Nightheart. Classic babyface yeah. comeback shit. Absolutely. Um, and so the, the commentators are talking about like, eventually the ref might just be like Nightheart is just out of it he can't compete anymore and as they are discussing that possibility jim Nightheart makes his comeback sequence yeah he like gets up he attacks he attacks fucking war warlord in the corner i think jesus i keep almost calling this man wardlow uh he, i also he jumps up and attacks way. warlord in the corner uh and as a fucking roddy piper goes do they sit he, he goes, oi, oi, oi. Do they say oi, oi, oi in the UK? It means, ah, oh, man, that was a close one. And at this point, I've just declared that Roddy Piper is already an official inductee to the Nightmare Brunt, Brunt rotation on commentary alongside Vampiro, Chris Jericho, and Jerry fucking Lawler. Jesus As Christ. What the fuck? Um, so... Man. The match ends where War. Oh, I almost said Wardlow myself. Warlord, uh, yeah, charge, charges at Jim Nightheart in the corner. Nightheart ducks out of the way. The, the Warlord hits his head on the turnbuckle, and Nightheart rolls him up for One, the dub. Two, three. Yeah, get 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 on you. Get him with getting him with the roll up. That seems like a weird thing to be able to do to the Warlord, but okay whatever uh so we hit back to the train where alfred is where filling out is a postcard I, I i it was at this point that i realized we have no idea where the fuck this train is taking lord alfred hayes but we'll get there um oh, he will oh we'll get there but yeah so apparently alfred has a personally has a postcard from a fan requesting to see randy savage versus rick martell on this fan favorite match of the month and i'm i oh we're gonna get to that in a minute uh but he he says it's the fan favorite match of the month so we're gonna show it right now and it is match three rick martell versus randy savage and immediately commentary explains how this is a coliseum exclusive match so how did some fucking kid write in that they want to see the match Wait, I missed I missed the part where it was the Coliseum match. Wait, wait, hold on. Okay, this is funny. So so first of all, before I dive into my little spiel on this, I I really wonder why the fuck is Pomp and Circumstance Randy Savage's theme song? I don't get it. It's the most non-hype weird shit. I disagree with you entirely. It's slow. It's 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 boring. It's wh- why why I don't get it. Because 
do you because uh Brandy Savage has a lot of pomp and circumstance. That's why. <laughs> the dumbest shit. It's the most like pretentious heel ass shit. But he still just kept it through his entire career, even though he spent half of that shit as like a super over, super hype baby face. This is mm. the most like slow paced theme music in the universe. All right. oh. So so after I have gotten over how this, this is the fan favorite match of the month, but yet also a Coliseum exclusive home video that the match that has never been seen before this video came out. Um Sean Mooney is trying to uh explain the timeline for you folks because at WrestleMania seven, Randy Savage had a match where if he lost to the Ultimate Warrior, he would have to retire. He did. This was also when he dumped Sherry Martell and got back together with Miss Elizabeth. Same show. Uh, But apparently, but this is taking place after that. But to explain that, Sean Mooney on commentary is like, well, you see, he signed the contract for this match before before he had to retire. So he has contractual obligations. So this is his last match ever, we swear. Which is so fucking funny because they're wringing money out of people for Randy Savage's last match twice over. First with the fucking WrestleMania pay-per-view match. And now on this goddamn VHS, if you want to see Randy Savage's last match ever for real, you fucking, you, you, you have to buy a VHS that, and no one on TV gets to see what the shit, dude. That's yeah, so bullshit. also this hap- this this particular retirement happened because at the time Randy Savage was looking to get off the road. His relationship was with Elizabeth was uh hmm. Uh yeah. and he wanted to try to start a family with her. And so to do that, he needed to stop taking the roids. And to be in a position to be able to do that, he needed to stop being a wrestler. So he did apparently genuinely was trying to retire for real at in 1991. But then that worked out. He you. did not, he could not have a kid with Elizabeth, and their relationship continued to deteriorate. So, uh-huh. and that that's why they had they had the big comeback in the in-ring marriage. They tried to save the marriage with a fake marriage. That's always uh, how that works. And then that didn't work either. But that is why he is he is retiring right now, and he his and so honestly, Rick Martel kicks his ass for most of the match. Really does. It's such a weird like uh, such a, a weird send off match. What the fuck, dude? It is uh, Rick Martel the model. He is he is a model. That is the gimmick. Yes. Yeah, he comes out in like a fucking Chippendales ass get up with the mm-hmm. with the 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 bow tie and the suit jacket and nothing else. Yep. Uh Rick, I I made a note of Rick Martel putting the moves on Miss Elizabeth because of course he is a heel wrestling Randy Savage. Of course that's what he did. You know, you made this point and I I I I don't have to bring it up. It's like, you know, in kayfabe, maybe Savage had a point to locking Miss Elizabeth in the trailer. Because I can just imagine with all these heels that are constantly trying to mack on her, you gotta imagine, like, those motherfuckers, like, whenever whenever she's not out there with Savage, all those motherfuckers gotta be, like, pounding at the, like, dressing room door. Just a billion heels just trying to mack on Miss Elizabeth going... <sighs> 
Let us in. Yeah, thank God Randy Savage never wrestled The Undertaker because then I'd oh. have to watch Paul Bearer try to hit on Miss Elizabeth. Nope. <laughs> nope. Oh, my Elizabeth. Oh, God. Oh, I yeah. Why? Why did you have to give me that image? Why? 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 Oh, Miss Elizabeth, you would look beautiful in a casket. Oh, yeah. Uh, stop. Bad touch. <laughs> yeah. Um, Miss also, Elizabeth. Nope. 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 I'm going to nope. make so Randy Savage uh, rest in peace. According to Roddy Piper, Miss Elizabeth wrestled pre-savage because he some i think it was piper like said it might not have been no it wasn't wait fuck was it piper on commentary still at this i point, think i don't or? think i think it, i think we were on the mooney and hay and alfred hay okay yeah i think it was like mooney on commentary basically said something about how like elizabeth's in-ring skills are rusty which to me implies that like at least in kayfabe she wrestled pre-savage <laughs> stop teasing me stop it I want in-ring Miss Elizabeth. Why must you keep teasing me with the prospect? Stop. Yeah, no. Uh, so the after after Rig Martel hits ninety five percent of the moves, uh, he misses a tackle for off the top rope, and then and Macho Man fucking throws him out of the ring, hits him with a pile driver to the ring floor. And then just toss them in and for an elbow drop for the win. Fuck you. Two One, moves. Two, Get out three. of here. Fuck you. Yep. Uh, and, and Macho Man will never wrestle again. Yep. Uh, so we get a we get an advertisement to, to write to yeah, apparently w, you can. WWF fan favorites. Uh, apparently you can write a postcard to Lord Alfred Hayes to request a match be put on a Coliseum VHS. What? Imagine fucking affecting, personally affecting what goes on a Coliseum DVD via postcard as a, like, random kid in the 90s. That's insane. Yep. And now for what is the highlight of this tape, don't ask Easy. Me, is etiquette with Lord Alfred Hayes. Yes. So Lord Alfred is in this French, fancy French restaurant with sensational sherry in a full tux with sensational sherry martel and the brooklyn brawler now sure sherry is dressed up because she's in her million dollar um valet gear yeah and but brooklyn brawler is in his ratty white t-shirt with holes and his his like beanie yeah <laughs> here brooklyn at this restaurant brawler, like looks different to me i don't remember him usually looking so like rugged i remember him looking like more clean shaven a little more scrawny and just kind of exuding the vibe of you know loser here he seemed this, like he could have been a legit this is, pre, this is pre-jobber this is this is when they were trying to make him a thing he was with heenan they were trying to make him a thing what and then they just turn him into the jobberiest jobber to ever jobber? Yes. Why? I don't know. But I, I do know that he, he was presented as a moderately important person for a couple of years there. What the fuck, man? Poor brawler. 
All right. Yeah. All right. So, so here, I don't know why Hayes is here for this with these two, but they are. He, he and thinks he can civilize the savages. I think. I guess. Uh, but <laughs> I'll show you how that's gonna work. It open. Yeah. We're opening with since sensational Sherry is just at the table doing her toenails, and yep. Meanwhile, uh, Brooklyn Brawler is shooting spitballs out of the out of out of the uh, out of the um. Uh, out of the straws so lord alfred tastes about as well as you would expect so lord alfred tries to teach them about properly like folding the napkin and putting it in there well, okay not napkin it's apparently common to say napkin which fuck you fuck off Hayes. it's the napkin and uh brooklyn brawler looks at this and is like oh okay i gotta be like a proper I italiano he like just puts it down his shirt like a bib and he's like Absolutely. i gotta protect what about my shirt when alfred hayes is like what are you doing no stop it. no, no. He's you must like, take it out. What? but i'm gonna get stuff on my shirt what which he makes a great point if you like that's a that, fucking protect your shirt dude what the fuck is alfred talking about and then even better sherry copies brooklyn brawler and so she puts it down the front of her shirt and so alfred which is, is a bit like, more a uh, decolletage mind you Sure. So Alfred tries to like grab at the napkin to get it out of her shirt. And, and Sherry she slaps his hand like and she's like, her. what are you, a dirty pervert? What do you think you're doing? She's like, stop trying to touch my tits, Alfred. <laughs> Alfred is like, but I'm not. But, 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 now, Alfred, I see you looking at it. Stop it. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, he, try, he tries to show them how to use the silverware and witches' wits. They ignore him. They, they take they take the bread, the table bread, and they just start breaking. He tries to show them how to probably like cut and butter bread, and their response is to tear up the bread, throw it at each other, and then Brooklyn Brawler just takes like a loaf of the bread and just smears an entire packet of butter all over it. And he's like, see, Absolutely. I got it. I got Man, it. I want to have dinner with the Brooklyn Brawler sometimes. He seems like a fun dude. So the waiter comes out. His name is, what was it? It was like, it was not, I, I think it's no, it, no, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't his actual, I don't think we ever heard his name. He was no, they do, Gaston. they do. Gaston. No, 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 no. Garcon is like, Gaston. is like oh, friend for waiter. That's like friend thought, for waiter, I, dude. Oh, my, my, I thought, I thought they said his name. And no, so no, they say no, Garcon. No, no. And they're like, they what kind of name is that? Yeah. Brooklyn Brawler goes, what kind of, yeah, that's the joke is that, yeah. Garcon is a waiter in a French restaurant or hotel. Yep. Uh, and so Sherry, they try to, Alfred tries to like order for them and they're like, what are you ordering? And they like, and they're like, listen, man, can you just get us a menu? Yeah. Brooklyn Brawler's like, Hey man, Hey man, come get us a menu. And then he walks over to Sherry Martell and Sherry Martell grabs his motherfucker by the lapel, pulls him in like within like centimeters of her face. And she's like, Hey doll. Get us a fuck get get us some fucking menus. And like so Sherry Martel just casually sexually harasses a waiter. Um apparently she's got a very different persona when she's hanging around with Brawler than she does when she's around Ted DiBiase. Yeah, okay. The, I am extremely confused why Sherry is here. I mean, I get a meta reason in that she is a noted heel character that is a woman and is funny, but like her character is that she is basically a hanger-on of the million-dollar man. 
AKA, why would she not know proper table etiquette with that guy? I, I feel like, I feel like, well, there's one of two reasons. Because one, one, the reason one is Million Dollar Man is, is despite being rich as fuck, is a classless asshole. Uh, reason number two, uh, she like, you know, professional life, she's, she hangs around MDM, but personal life, she and Brawler are just like best buddies and Brawler's like the guy she can like cut loose with. So she just doesn't get it. When she, Brawler's a bad influence on her when she, when, when they hang around, she's just <laughs> the worst version of herself, truly. Um, but yeah, so spe- but speaking, so. speaking of her relationship with Ted DiBiase, we go into a Ted DiBiase match that uh, Sherry Martell is in fact valeting. And yes, also that Ted DiBiase versus Roddy Piper. Uh, I yeah. didn't, Ted DiBiase came to the ring with a crutch, and I didn't get it until Roddy Piper came out limping. Because he apparently has a hurt knee. Yeah. I, which, why is DiBiase the one coming out with the crutch here? But okay. To um, mock him. To mock, I guess. It's like a tiny Tim-ass crutch, too. It looks like all shoddy mm-hmm. and wooden. Yeah. Uh, all hail uh, the, the Sherry Martell back window. While Ted DiBiase, I forgot this about him, wears tearaway pants and a fucking dickie. What an icon. <laughs> legend in this business and then roddy piper shows up and i guess eye for an eye gets in ring and immediately fucking unwantedly kisses sherry martell when you're a baby face right so roddy piper starts off hot dibiase tries to hit him with the crutch but piper stops him and sherry decides to interfere herself and she like jumps on Roddy's back as if to like put him in a sleeper hold or something. And he's just like, and what he's doing? like, what? Why are you up there? And so he just pulls pulls her off, and then yeah, just kisses her on the mouth. A thing that has been a, that just keeps on happening in wrestling. Most recently seen in Checks Notes 2020. Wait. Uh, oh fuck! You've mentioned this before. Yeah, it's it's when it's when um. Dustin Rhodes had the match with uh with uh, uh, oh, uh Jake Hager and he kissed oh, Hager's yeah. wife. I forgot about that. Ugh. Yeah. Um. I see. I said I call this a pre 2010s wrestling drinking game. I forgot you can play it all the way into the 2020s. Uh, take yep. a shot every time aggressive sexual assault is meant to be charming slash funny slash valiantly vindictive coming from. Yeah. Noted. Noted. Babyface Roddy Piper and noted babyface face Alfred Hayes is acts like jealous that roddy got to kiss sherry oh god i man maybe that's why roddy and or alfred hayes invited her he's trying to like make maybe maybe alfred hayes is trying to make the whole pass of sherry martell oh Oh, this is this is is a taming the savage beast situation i guess oh is this this a taming of the shrew actually considering it's oh no i think he might be trying to taming of the shrew her austin alfred alfred come on you know that's cringe (laughs) alfred alfred i mean alfred is just cringe in general so this this is kind of boy he is the inferior british wrestling boy yeah um let's see um I will say Ted DiBiase is actually good in ring. Uh, I He's I better when he doesn't have to wrestle Hogan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was going to say, like, 
I don't, I don't, I haven't really seen him aside from like, I guess being up against Hogan and like, he's, he's actually quite a good worker. It seems like he moves mm-hmm. well, he executes moves well. He's got a good speed to him. And I, I have to imagine, uh, he's pretty elevated by putting him up against a firebrand like Roddy Piper. Mm-hmm. This is really peak Ted DiBiase where they are trying to make him kind of a main event level heel. Um, not quite at the level of when he was fighting Hogan for the title, but like there, he is an important top guy. And yeah. he has, this is the, this is when he has the million dollar belt as a way to give him a belt, but not let him be WWE champion. He's, they <laughs> gave him the fake belt that it can just be his belt. And nobody else's. It's the, the proto FTW belt, truly. Mm-hmm. I mean, other people in his circle get it. Like, um, uh. Virgil beats him for it, and then he brings it back when he has uh, Steve Austin as the ringmaster in his posse, and Steve Austin wins the belt. And what then, the fuck? yeah, we'll get that's ninety six. Don't worry about it. And and in twenty ten, when uh, when his son Ted DiBiase Jr. was getting a big singles push, <laughs> you can bet your ass they brought back the million dollar belt. Ted, that ref's trying to fuck on me, DiBiase Jr. You're fucking right. I am a proud member of the DiBiase posse. And and, and by proud, yeah. I mean mildly of uh, embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. I wonder why. There's so much to love. I will know, but I will say, unironically, DiBiase was actually kind of impressive here. That, I, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. So uh, DiBiase basically like takes to punching Roddy in his injured knee. Yeah, pretty much. Undo- yeah, and... Undoes the knee pad, undoes the wrapping around the knee. You know, the whole shebang. Yeah, but Roddy, he go- Ted DiBiase tries to go for a figure four. Roddy fights him off. He counters him into it with a double axe handle. And uh, the um, uh, million dollar man tra- gets the crutch back there from sherry but then roddy just takes it and starts hitting the million dollar man with it yeah and the ref doesn't catch this so by the time the ref turns back around uh he's like well he, hey i didn't do nothing yeah Roddy does a cheeky little i didn't do it bit um and then and then despite trying to uh claim his innocence he then wastes no time in still holding the crutch uh well, Just, he he drops it. Sherry gets it back. Sherry tries to use it on Roddy. Roddy oh, yeah. flips her out of the ring for it, and then he just goes ham and starts hitting everybody with the crush. Just in full view, the ref gets fucking deep. He hits he hits the ref with the with. The, I think what got him is he hits. Well, yeah, the ref. yeah, no, because he hits she hits Sherry, and the ref's like, hey, and then he hits Ted, and the ref's like, hey, which. No, that should be an immediate DQ. So then, not satisfied with his lack of DQ, he just fucking hits the ref. And then the ref is like, yeah, okay, that's probably a DQ at this point. Yeah, all right, all right we're getting out of here. So yeah, he right, win for the million dollar man. And we got fucking Sean Mooney on commentary being like, he did not arrive here tonight to win a match. Yeah, you know, they well, apparently. To, they try to sell it like this. They try to sell like Roddy just has this big has this he's going for this big vengeance and that's what's important is that he beat the shit out of DiBiase. It didn't matter if he won or lost is what they Which, try to you sell know, this. DiBiase is very beat the shit out of a bull, uh, but fucking uh, apparently doing this puts him in danger of getting suspended by Jack Tunney. Kayfabe oh yeah, 
Oh, yeah, Alf, at kayfabe president of the WWF, Jack Tunney, is apparently watching, going to be watching closely from now on. Man, talking about the 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 ways the rules r- rules in quotation marks have evolved over the years man people give so much less of a shit about heel interference these days half the time we got well i guess this is a baby well, face interference well half but, yeah half the time the half the time the authority figures are heels that's fair is jack i thought jack tunney was a face though no jack tunney is the baby is the baby face but in modern times half the time the yeah, the, the, the heels are in charge no one gives a shit, but like, man, back in those days, you hit Ted DiBiase with a crutch. Ooh, that's a suspension, buddy boy. That's the paddling. Yeah. Um, and then we cut back to we cut back to etiquette with Alfred Hayes. At this point, Alfred Hayes has been bound to his chair and gagged with the. He has been taken napkins. hostage with the napkins, and <laughs> share the Sherry and Brawler literally only do this. So they can sit there and eat however they want. Elbows on the table. They throw the silverware away and eat with their hands and directly they off the plate. They throw at each other. They throw just to make Alfred have to watch this. Which you know, this is this is this is great. I I love it. This is the best mm-hmm. out of all of the comedy sketches we've watched in in all of the Coliseum videos so far. I'm here for it. Yep. Uh, and then stuff. we just cut over. We just cut over to earthquake versus jake roberts in another coliseum exclusive there's an earthquake yeah the natural disaster earthquake oh uh, yeah brought to you by jimmy hart oh yeah daddy oh yeah daddy earthquake oh yeah baby you got you got the my 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 boy versus on the mixture scale daddy yep uh uh, so many camera shakes, and I wrote another noted babyface here. Uh, noted babyface, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, with a pet snake who is named Lucifer. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize this was my first time. Kind of re- there were multiple snakes. I yes. just thought it was always Damien. No, kayfabe earthquake killed Damien. <laughs> yeah, doesn't fuck. Is it is that like Damien getting like smashed again? Watch, like... he gets he gets literally sat on by earthquake. Okay, I feel like I've seen a clip of like a Jake Roberts snake bag getting like bashed against the floor of a ring at some point. That probably also happens because uh, Jake Roberts was involved with and participated in a significant amount of animal abuse. Yeah, for the part of this art for the part of this character. So yeah, which, probably. Like... You'd think they would like go to the trouble of like you know having a fake snake in there for when it was time for the snake to die, but no. I I, I think it was a fake snake when he sat on the bag. Uh, everything else, who knows what what may have happened? It was like it was it was a lawless country out there for Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, this is another Coliseum was, maybe, exclusive. Yeah, you know, maybe it was good Randy Savage was so skeptical of whether or not the snake had venom in it or not. Um, anyway. He can't, he can't confirm that Jake Roberts was going to have had that thing de- de- de-venomed. Yeah, the only way to confirm it was to just sit there with the thing and the snake in Jake's arm for like 10 minutes. Anyway. So, we got we got a match with big old fat guy, Earthquake, right? Against yeah. smaller, normal-sized dude. Which, of course, means, as you would expect... This ma- a lot of this match is earthquake working the leg. 
he, he's doing he yeah apparently technician earthquake is 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 on the clock tonight okay yep so i mean earthquake just beats the shit out of jake a lot um earthquake throws jake out of the ring and he grabs the snake and i thought this was the moment where he sits on it but no, no and then i was like oh okay he already sat that's why they have such a heated rivalry he already sat he already sat damien and he's threatening to also sit on Lucifer. The biggest um, of disrespects, absolutely. Sitting on sitting on your opponent's snake. That's not oh, a euphemism. Also, oh, by the way, uh, I had mentioned this while we were watching that also in 96, when Jake Roberts came back as the born-again Christian gimmick, he renamed the snake. Uh, he The snake that was named Revelations. Oh, God. what he named that snake. Ah, uh, mm. yeah. Because God forbid you keep the you keep the Satan names. Not not right. not my good Christian wrestling ring. But before Earthquake can sit on yet another snake, Jake <laughs> Roberts stops him. And then Jake Roberts, for reasons I couldn't possibly understand, just takes the snake bag, opens it up, grabs the Lucifer, and then just starts whipping it around at people. And the ref like is like, you know what? disqualification he doesn't You're even whip around all that much like i don't think lucifer makes contact with anyone he just pulls lucifer out of the bag and the ref's but like he, yeah it's a dq it. uh so it's, so it's clearly a DQ, it's a dq because of the implication because so clearly we we had for the last match the fun ref who everyone loves backstage and for this match we had the mean ref who enforces way too many rules and everybody hates I mean, I think I think brandishing a snake is a worthwhile disqualification, but that yes. might just be but according me. to the last according to the last ref's refing, it uh, it don't it, it don't need to be known as disqualification until the ref is personally bitten. That's fair. Uh, so Jake threatens to attack, throw the snake at Earthquake and Jimmy. Earthquake backs Jimmy up into a corner and then runs away, and then Jimmy almost gets hit with the snake too before jimmy can get away mm -hmm. so haha -ha, yeah they, what baby face gotta go over but also earthquake can't take a pin so this is what we're doing <laughs> so dq number two all right next match the match i was most excited to watch uh from reading the match list before we did this episode mr perfect the intercontinental champion versus yes. Shawn michaels yeah, uh, prime time, fucking, fucking early career. Kurt Hennig and Shawn Michaels in ring together. Wild stuff. I have seen mm -hmm. Kurt Hennig once before, thanks to fucking XWF. Of course. Shockingly, uh, he was in a bit better form here. Yeah, crazy to think. Crazy to think he was in so much better form before he fucked his back over and mm. beca and became addicted to painkillers and all that. Who could have guessed? Mm. Um. But so Lord Alfred Hayes try they they're talking about how Mr. Perfect is a perfect and Lord Alfred Hayes tries to basically marry Poppins Mr. Perfect by saying he's yeah. practically perfect. He has a couple of flaws. To which I say, "Fuck you, Al. He is not Mr. Practically Perfect. He is Mr. Perfect." Nah, I I I I got to have a take a hard stance disagreement with you on this one, bud. I I think there is, when it comes to like, when it comes to Kurt Hennig, he's practically perfect in that like, when it comes to what he does in ring, he is a perfect man. That is practically perfect. Just as Mary Poppins, 
uh, is she don't got to be a perfect person, but she's perfect in what she does, which is nanny. So I think it's actually a perfect Kurt headache for Mary Poppins uh, for your consideration for casting. And then the Oscars make, make it happen. Of course. I don't see what the problem is. I don't see I, the problem I, who would not watch a Kurt Hennig uh, starring Mary Poppins? Kurt Hennig be like, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Yes, absolutely. Um, so it is weird to see Sean wrestle pre-HBK as in a singles match. Yeah, I know. I didn't even know he did that. I mean, I guess you gotta. Marty Jannetty probably got a few of his own singles matches too. Yeah, pre- it's... Sure, I guess, but you know, he is not, he is still a rocker. He has not become the heartbreak kid. Um, so early, right at the beginning of the match, after a little, after a couple of wrestling moves, hey, um, perfect just starts throwing punches. And Sean's response to this is to push the referee out of the way. And then he, like, put your dukes up for some proper fisticuffs. Yeah. I guess, like, we're just cool with what God, the rules are all the fuck yeah, over the place. Technically like, speaking, close fist punches are illegal. Yeah, but God, even in 91, that I guess, I guess this is the thing that is consistent with the modern era. Just no one gives a shit about enforcing they, that. They just, they just like, they're just like, it's, it's not quite close fist. It's fine. Ah, uh, you know, that. There is still like a tiny bit of air between finger and palm. It's you, you're fine. It's good. Don't worry about. Um. Yep. Uh, Shawn Michaels does an actual suicide dive over the top rope. No, no all air, no net, uh, and takes Fucking out a cameraman. Sick. Fucking sick, dude. Yeah, again, noted babyface Shawn Michaels attacking the cameraman for no reason. At least that was an accident. I he suppose was to hit perfect. Uh, but perfect. Not perfect. Uh, base drops Shawn Michaels head first under the ra- guard railing, and out comes Marty to check on Shawn. And Shawn is acting all like, "Oh, I'm dazed and loopy." And oh. Shawn Mike, Shawn Mooney asks, "Do you think Shawn knows that's even Marty out there yeah, with him?" And yeah. Alfred is like, "No, I doubt it." Yeah, so which is so funny to think about from Shawn Michaels' supposed perspective of like to him just some rando get gets him up and like helps him back in ring. Shawn's like, oh, okay, I, I mean, uh, I guess so. Thanks, man. Thanks, thanks, buddy boy. Uh, so Shawn is bumping his his ass off in the in his Shawn Michaeliest way. Dude, oh my god. He is a proud member of the group of top stars who sell like absolute goddamn goofballs. We love a man who is simultaneously super powerful and will sell like a fucking Looney Tunes character. Him, <laughs> Randy Orton, Rock, kind of. Uh, I don't know. Oh, Rock! I... Rock gets so cartoony when he actually starts selling stuff. I know. He, it's he so gets. Great. He, Rock would get hit with the Stone Cold Stunner and do a backflip. <laughs> Dude, the way fucking is. It's it's Randy Orton sells are are what do it for me. The way that man sells certain shit, he he flops better than Flair, dude. Oh my god, the Randy Savage was saying Randy Savage, Randy Orton, Randy Orton mm-hmm. is is like that man. I Rand, Randy Orton selling is like the S tier. Shawn Michaels is a solid A tier, I I think in terms of how wacky his sells are, but. 
goddamn, I guess even when you sell wacky, you, I, I feel like Shawn Michaels' wacky selling is a great example of uh, she let me hit because I'm goofy. Because, dear Lord, there are some, there are some women in the crowd who are fucking in the tank for Shawn Michaels. Like, they're on their feet, though. There's this one woman in the, like, pretty close to the front who was just, like, on her feet the whole time. Every time Shawn Michaels so much as blinks, she's going, yeah, woo, yeah, hey, Shawn. Hey, man, you can't be the heartbreak kid without breaking some hearts. So I guess so. Very much a, a big uh, John Cleese in, in Life of Brian going, are there any women here today? Re- reaction for me for, in regards to those women who mm-hmm. are just extremely horny for Shawn Michaels. Uh, he also gets kicked in the face by, by Mr. Perfect at some point and does a whole ass backflip. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Perfect was willing to do it too because they because Sean did a drop kick to the chin and Perfect does like a backflip out of it. He barely and, and Sean like barely touches him. I know. And oh yeah, and we of course get the Sean Michaels signature move of sweet chest music. Uh That's yeah, he, he, chest. He, he, sure. Uh um uh the match is honestly really good. It's it's, yeah. it's good for who you'd it's good you'd expect it's as good as you'd expect from two got from Mr. Perfect and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, no. Uh that I mean they're the 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 these three matches, uh three three out of the four matches we've seen have been pretty solid. Earthquake versus fucking Jake Roberts was eh, but like the other three have actually been like really good. Mm-hmm. Uh Mr. Perfect walks over to like try to slap marty in the face for and marty's just standing there doing nothing at ringside by the way when he does this. yeah so hey he marty, contributed he contributed so marty, he's marty decks perfect in the face for this and it is worth comes, noting sorry it is worth noting real quick that marty genetti is for some reason in his whole ass gear why i don't know have, he doesn't have casual wear this is all he's got it's all he's got yeah uh, uh so yeah. Martin and so Bobby Heenan, arbiter of truth and justice, yeah, comes out to be like, hey, that should be a DQ. He is here to advocate for a cause very close to his heart, total in-ring fairness. Of course, because he is, as they are saying on commentary, Heenan is no longer a manager. He is retired from being a manager. So He's an why agent are you now. here? Wait, wait. He's retired from being a manager in 91. What? He was in kayfabe, yeah. He was like, I'm not a manager anymore. We're done. What was he doing then? Being co- doing commentary, and then he becomes the uh a- then he becomes like the agent for Mr. Perfect and then Ric Flair, and that was the way he gets around it by saying he is not a manager. He does yeah. everything a manager would, but he is not a manager. Yeah, well, because well, they were doing that shit and when we watch XWF, they're like, he's not a manager, he's an agent. Yeah, he's he does this. He does that. He's like, I'm not a manager anymore, but I will continue yeah. to manage Mr. Perfect. My man's and just posting about his about his managerial his managerial status. My manager over here, not a manager. Not a manager. Not a manager. Um so the ending of the match, um, Shawn Michaels goes up to the top rope. Bobby Heenan goes to intercept him. This Shawn doesn't get hit, but he does try to like choke out Heenan. And this distracts him. Perfect hits the perfect plex. And then out of nowhere comes the big boss man with his nightstick. Yeah. 
Yeah, another first for me here is seeing the fucking big boss man actually on screen. I'm pretty sure I learned about his existence through fucking WWE 2K22 My GM mode. Yep. So you better t- you if, if you're gonna take a trip down to Cobb County, Georgia, you better respect the signs and preserve law and order, or you're gonna be doing hard time because the boss man is boss here. man is here. Yeah, I guess his theme song is super iconic. But yeah, it, he shows it is, up. It's it's lit as fuck, even if it's even if it's uh, even if he's a stupid propaganda um, yeah. character. But yeah, big big boss man is here. And he starts fucking immediately beating up on Hennig, and I'm pretty sure Heenan too. And yeah, which of course a, is another DQ. That's a DQ, baby! Our third oh. DQ in a row. Babyface. You see, Babyface gotta go over, but also Mr. Perfect is the IC champion. He can't lose. So Yeah, maybe there's um, a theme. Maybe there's a theme to all the wrestling matches on these tapes after all, on this particular tape after all. God right, damn so three DQs in a row. They the perfect pieces out. And so uh, Boss Man just celebrates with the, with the Rockers as we cut to shopping with the Million Dollar Man. Who's here to just brag about his money. He's like, why, hello, didn't see you there. Please join hello. me in my limo. Oh, hello. What a nice day it is. It smells like money, just like me. Just, uh, <laughs> what, what does money smell like? So he gets in his limo and he's like, I'm in the Which has the fakest ass license plate, by the way. They cut, they do, they take a shot down to this limo and the license plate on it looks like it's fucking just like paper and it clearly hangs down over where the real license plate on the car is and it has like three dollar signs on it and it says like, I don't know, Mr. Money or something like that. That shit looks like hand drawn on there well you, know, well you know we we can't we can't interfere with vince's limo by putting a real license plate there or something we, we just yeah no yeah so fuck I, I i guess that probably is vince's limo no it yeah. is that that's confirmed is basically the million dollar man was a vince self-insert but as a heel and so a lot of the million dollar man's like houses and cars and shit that he uses in his vignettes were legitimately vince's property that he give, gave him to do these skits for. MDM was a Vince self-insert? Yes, he was. That cheeky fucking prick. I hate him so much, dude. Oh my <laughs> god. What the fuck? So this was basically Vince's way of getting himself on TV to be like, hey, look at how much money I have. Look at all my money. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Vince has always had an interesting relationship with rich characters. He's always been happy to play them as a heel and people. And it's been theorized. This is because he had kind of has, he, he grew up uh poorer in a trailer park uh, before his dad was like, Hey kid. And so, so it's kind of been like theorized on that. He is not a fan of the kind of rich, old money, rich types of the world. And so a lot of his, he has a lot. So a lot of characters, are kind of like making them the bad guys, but yes, Million Dollar Man is a self-insert, and in, in as much as that ha- is is a thing, that's God. Vince has a weird fucking complex about himself and his own wealth. 
Oh man, a little bit, oh, but okay. When, yeah. when Dibiase gets in the limo, he's like, "I'm in the mood for some trinkets." He's got empty fingers. <laughs> yeah, what the? Yeah, everything Million Dollar Man says is accompanied by like a maniacal laugh. Okay. Well, yeah, that's his evil laugh. It's in his that's... theme. <laughs> yeah, I know. I guess that's just something he does. But like, my man inserts it after literally every sentence. My man goes to the deli and he's like, "Uh." Yeah, I'll have a I'll have a number three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I theorized that this was a multi-segment bit from primetime wrestling, and they just stuck in this tape because they Definitely. do these weird transitions of like a picture of a background of money with what, DiBiase's with, with face, face on it. Yeah, and then they yeah. just like have clips of DiBiase and then they cut to the next scene. And it's like, there's no way this was supposed to look like this. Yeah. Um, um, and he's like, he, we're in his limo and he's like, hey, driver, take me to my usual jewelry store. You know the place. You know the place. And that's it. And then we cut to, we get it, we get to the next and we cut to the jewelry store that has a we accept... He, Ed sign on the door. <laughs> he he steps out, and as he steps out of the limo, his theme song is playing. And I didn't know this. Apparently, MDM raps his own theme song. He does I, he? He is the singer on on his on the song. Oh my god! Well, okay, singer. He he just talks vaguely he, to yeah. the rhythm. But so I guess yes. I guess rock and john cena weren't all that revolutionary the million dollar man ted dibiase was doing that fucking rapping your own theme song shit way ahead of their time and according to you sean michaels did that shit too yeah the original version of his song sexy boy is sung by sherry martell because he was his manager but then after he got away from sherry he changed the song so sean is singing his own theme song and- oh my god and they changed the pronouns, so instead of it being like, I think he's cute, I know he's sexy, he said, it's, I think I'm cute, I know I'm I know sexy. I'm sexy. You know, I can't complain too much, because all Ted DiBiase's doing is laying the groundwork. He, Ted DiBiase walked so Max Caster could run. Absolute. The domino <laughs> effect here. Domino cool. effect. <laughs> All right, so he gets in the jeweler, and apparently he left the million-dollar belt there to be fixed up by the jeweler, and they, like, talk about it. And then he's like, show me what you got. And then he examines this, like, gold necklace with, like, rubies in it or something. And then he is shown a whole case of 12-carat diamond rings. There's, like, 15 or 6. There's, like, a couple dozen in here or something. Yeah, and it's my like man's like, that's some expensive stuff. The, the jeweler's like, that's some expensive stuff. This is almost half a million dollars. Each. And Ted's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Get it? And he's like, you know what? I'll just buy all of it. Yeah. Wrap it all well, up. Okay, okay. Drop it all up uh, and we'll, we'll, buy, we'll work it out. Buy is a strong term here, Austin. <laughs> he, he basically tell, tells the tells this jeweler to gift wrap it and just then just kind of goes like yeah you know i'm good for it right like hey okay hey man man, he all he has to do is just rip off another group of church parishioners and he'll (laughs) have enough money to pay for it 
is is that a thing? Is Ted DiBiase in or out of kayfabe? Of IR, IR, IRL? Yes, he is currently mm. be in legal trouble for that exact for embezzling church funds. No, right now he was is. Was Ted DiBiase? Wait, wait, was he in on like the seed faith hustle, or was he? Is he just like doing it uh, like subtly under the table? I, I think he's doing it under the. I think he was doing it under the table when he became Wait, a pastor. Are you are you kidding me? This idiot, he that he's such a fucking idiot. He could have seed faithed his way into this. He did, I don't think. Whatsoever. I don't. I admit. I don't. I haven't looked deeply into uh, Ted DiBiase's ministry, but I don't think he was seed faithing him. My man's an idiot then, because he could have gotten away with that shit so much easier. But no, he's just committing normal fucking uh, uh, money laundering or whatever. Yes. Regular-ass embezzlement. You boring dipshit. Yeah, okay, I got now. Now you want me, now you got me thinking, what if he is a... a What's of the... Oh, my apologies. I I misspoke. He he didn't embezzle in his church. That would be that would be terrible. Of course, what he yeah, did is he embezzled two point one million dollars in Mississippi state welfare funds uh, after his son after his son after his son was hired as deputy administrator of the state's Department of Human Resources. It what is it is it is Mississippi's largest public embezzlement case in state history. Ted's like, Ted's like, well, you know what, brother? If I can't, if I, if I, I, I never truly got to be the million dollar man. Time to finally make it happen. <laughs> he's like, he's like, hey, Ted, Ted Jr. We'll embezzle two million. One for me, one for you. Hey, we can both be million dollar men then. Uh, oh my yes. god, that's so, so my apologies. I did not mean to uh to um uh impugn upon Ted DiBiase's character by suggesting that he, he, he embezzled that he, that he embezzled in his own Christian ministry. That was unfair of me. He is way he just ripped off the welfare system of Mississippi. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, so much better. I'm so glad. I'm so glad for the briefest of moments he truly got to be the million dollar man. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. So th- that was a nice segment, I guess. And now uh, we're, we're just cutting we're right heading over to, to Japan. Tokyo. Yeah. We're for- going to Tokyo for a WWF SF SWSF, I believe is the, is the wrestling company that we are looking at here. But... I say that five times fast. Uh, yeah, what is this, a crossover episode? Yes. Uh, there, they, they did a show with the WWF here, and uh, we get Kendo Nagasaki versus Jim Duggan. Now, before we continue, I must tell, read to you the beginning of the Kendo Nagasaki wikipedia page yeah i'm so interested in this because you were talking about this and i okay please so kendo nagasaki is a professional wrestling stage name 
used as a gimmick of that of a Japanese samurai warrior with a mysterious past and even supernatural powers of hypnosis. Uh, the name derives from the modern martial art of Japanese fencing, kendo, and Nagasaki is the name of a city on the southwest coast of Kyoshu, site of the second use of the atomic bomb, as well as an ancient family name in Japan. Yeah, okay. So you said this guy wasn't, like, real, but... There are multiple wrestlers who have taken the character name. Like, there's, like, okay. six or seven of them. He's he's a Japanese samurai doink the clown. Except none of the wrestlers <laughs> are... Except, like... Except, like, none... Except, like, he wasn't popular enough that, like, anyone really knows who... Like, anyone really, like... Like, you know how, like, Doink was so big that, like, Matt Bourne, everybody knows, oh, yeah, that's Doink. Uh, yeah. Nobody could tell. Like, yes, there are, like, Peter Thornley and uh, Kazo Sakurada are the two main people who ever played that character. But do people know who those are if I just said those names? No. But, but Kendo Nagasaki isn't, like, hidden under any face paint like Doink was. They're just like he's he's just like a dude so his face just kind of changed and no one said anything about it well they do end up having face paint to it and and peter thornley who is a british wrestler by the way who went under this gimmick uh he he they put him in a mask so they can pretend it's the same guy so is this one of the og kendos then since he's not since he's just a dude yeah, I think it's one of the earlier people who played Kendo. I don't That's know so which wild. Kendo this is, but I, I I don't know. But yeah, so I was just looking up Kendo Nagasaki be like, who the fuck is this guy? And I got a whole heaping crazy shit on Wikipedia for that one. That's so wild. But okay, so I guess we got a version of Kendo Nagasaki here, a.k.a. the, the, the multiverse version of Doink the Clown. And... He's here to fight uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I'm sure this will go great. Jim Duggan still doing the hurrah America thing in Japan facing a Japanese wrestler. Full full two by four in hand, which I still don't understand. Why? Fucking dork ass Jim Duggan takes his two by four, holds it like a shotgun and then like shoots it at Kendo before the match. What? But I, I still don't understand the two by four thing. Why does he just carry around a two by four Austin? That's an interesting question that I don't have an answer for. Is it like, I don't know, bragging about lumber prices in America or something. I don't, that's, I that's don't sure as fuck didn't age. Well, I don't know why he carries the two by four. I've never asked. I don't want to learn enough about Jim Duggan to know the answer. So well, like, I feel like that's a window into his soul, you know, like if my man's carrying that shit all the way to toe, do you think he brought, he had to he, pack did he bring it on in. customs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was pre nine 11. So like shit was a lot less, like he was just brought it on his carry on and, and everyone he just has a big he just has he just has a big piece of wood on his carry on in his carry on they're like yeah all right yeah this checks out did he does he did he stick it in the overhead compartment yeah no he doesn't even have it in any of his luggage he's just raw dogging it 
phenomenal. Uh, uh, yeah. So, did I remember any of this match but the ending? No. No, so, it was boring I don't... as shit, and, and Duggan is just being obnoxious. So, the match ends when Kendo Nagasaki hits a kick and then just pins Duggan. One, two, three. And the commentary team tries to argue that Jim Duggan doesn't didn't understand the Japanese count, therefore did not know he needed to kick out. Yeah, what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah Alfred Hayes basically just kind of blames Japan, the Japanese language itself, wanna... for Jim Duggan losing because because uh, how how was he supposed to understand? He didn't know. Listen. It is truly impressive for a character that is a rah-rah America babyface. It is truly impressive how stupid Jim Duggan is portrayed. And exhibit, exhibit Z of this is Jim Duggan requiring to, un, needing to hear, understand one, two, three in English to be able to kick out and not the ref pounding the mat. Yeah, like, hey, that's one of those really helpful ways. Like, I, I almost wonder if the match wasn't supposed to end like that and Duggan just fucked it up and so they were just scrambling for an explanation on commentary. Maybe! <laughs> Which, that would be, if, if it was a botch finish, insanely funny they put that shit on a, DV, on a VHS. They're like, well, it took place in Tokyo. I mean, I guess. Fuck it, we're putting it, fuck it, put it in there anyway. Yeah, okay, who cares? Uh, so no Kendo, Kendo Duggan, Duggan hit, grabs his two by four, hits Kendo once, and Kendo just leaves, and that's it. And that's it. Cool. This match sucked total ass. At least it was it fast. Yeah. Then our final match of the evening, the one we are, what we all came here for, Sergeant oh, yeah, Slaughter, General Adnan, and The Undertaker versus The Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. Indeed. Yeah. So, uh, my man, my man Adnan is already in ring and slaughter. Like we cut to, we cut to the ring in media res of like slaughter making his entrance. So the first like full real entrance we get is taker. And you know, it's the full OG taker crack me the fuck up because like, just we, we get a shot of like taker and Paul bearer entering and Paul bearer is man. I forgot just how goofy that man's face always it's like his head tilted to the side, the eyes bugged out. Oh, my Undertaker. The best part is we cut to like a close-up of just some like kid in the fucking crowd. And like the kid, they're they're trying to look, they're trying to be like, look at this scared, traumatized child by the Undertaker. And the kid's just kind of just standing there, like his mouth slightly like slack-jawed, and that like that's it. And there's like, look they, how scared this child is. Yeah, they were really big into that. Like the OG, OG Undertaker, like the first, while he was a, his first run as a heel, they were really big into like trying to grab camera shots of, of children in the crowd being as scared of the Undertaker. That was He's a big part of the game. monster. And then here comes the ultimate warrior. Another first for me is I've never seen Ultimate Warrior before. I've like I said, I've seen people like talk about him and I know he's super iconic, 
never, never seen anything about him. So my first warrior moment, and man, I think you said in the front half, like warrior's not terribly any good in ring, but he's just like a coked up maniac. And like, yeah, yeah, I saw that. My man dashes out here. And just as he's running, I'm like, oh yeah, I too love doing coke right before going on stage. <laughs> Woo! Let's go! <laughs> That'll, that'll that'll clear up the that's one way to clear up the stage fight my man this man how the fuck he like sprints to the ring and just wham bam, bam like like does the does the like back against the ropes thing. <laughs> the, like like the, the does the thing where you like jump your back into the ropes, use the momentum to run to the other rope, jump it. But like he hits that shit extra hard. And then he does the thing where you grab the top rope and you shake it. I have never seen a top rope shake it as hard as that face painted, coked out hamster of a man just did. <laughs> Yeah, no, you, you pretty much you pretty much got it. That's the we just got to listen to him yell about the rock, if you yell putting on the rocket fuel or whatever, uh, and you you know we we'll got it. You just need to hear a promo for him, and you got the whole package. <laughs> like literally, this man is clearly over just because he's a coked up maniac who's fun to like look at. That's it. Oh my god, and then. I am a real American. Yeah, Hogan is out here. Yeah, it is time. And Hogan immediately, again, this is days after WrestleMania of seven, where he beat Slaughter for the belt. So Hogan immediately goes after Sergeant Slaughter. And oh, no, yeah, and who? And noted babyface, honestly, noted ba- Hall of Fame noted babyface, Hulk Hogan, uh, takes his bandana off his head, stuffs it stuffs up Sergeant it? Slaughter's nose, and then was after that, that I thought he, it was he stuffed it in his mouth. I think I thought it was stuffing up his. I'm pretty sure it was stuffing up his nose. And then oh. he walks over to Adnan, who, uh, by the way, is standing on the apron doing nothing, and Hogan just pokes him in the eyes. Yeah, what the fuck? Dude, fucking, a- okay. So when you told me about this whole, like, trios thing, I I assumed that between uh, Sergeant Slaughter, the, the Undertaker slash Colonel Mustafa, and General Adnan, I thought these were three men who were created equal. But then we got to this oh, match, and you look at you look at you look at Adnan, no, <laughs> and you you look at Adnan, and you look at Slaughter and Taker, and you can see that statement is in fact not true. Oh, 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 oh no. Adnan is jobber supreme, but <laughs> which, which makes this even fucking weirder. How the fuck did WWF? import and an Iraqi man who who grew up BFFs with with Saddam I mean, was, I, mean he was, I mean he was working as a wrestler in America for over a decade by this point but they're like 
yeah, you're you were BFS with Saddam Hussein, so we're just gonna make you jobber as fuck. Like, did he have? Was was he ever given any prominence? No, this is it for him. Being General Adnan in the Sergeant Slaughter Group is oh, this. God. This is his career peak right here. Oh God, man, that's that's a weird life. Your your high school buddy grows up to be, you know, Saddam Hussein. And then you just go on to be a fucking jobber for the Sergeant Slaughter team in America. How? How does this happen to you? I, I'm sorry. Do, I, I, do you want a hug? Yeah, so poor Adnan is, is here to just get dicked on and, you know, whatever. So, uh, oh, also, as Hulk is, like, making his entrance, um, he fucking, like... He's got the American flag with him because this is like you know, this is this is early. He's raw. He he was raw raw on America real hard for slot because of the slaughter thing. Yeah. So he like he hands the flag to some kid in the crowd who like who's just like he has this look on his face like oh yeah sure this is cool I guess um and I think someone I can't remember who on commentary but someone on commentary says that that is the official hulkster american flag which i feel like even if it's not directly written in flag code i feel like having a hulk hogan branded american that, flag is definitely feels, a violation of flag that code. feels like that's breaking the flag code yeah but don't but don't you kneel brother uh but yeah so uh, so so he he stuffs his 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 uh, his headband in Slaughter's nose slash mouth, jury's out, and um, just kind of uh, pokes Adnan, and then they just kind of start dicking on. Uh, they start dicking on on Slaughter real bad. Slaughter is he's he's stumbling around. He's so discombobulated. I think if I caught this correctly, as part of his discombobulation, at one point he tries to fucking tag in Ultimate Warrior, which is very funny. And mm-hmm. Ultimate Warrior's like, uh, psych bitch, get back. <laughs> Yeah, I am um, not your tag partner. Yeah, um, it's interesting because like proper, proper, you know, if I was playing WWE 2K, right, I would do the strategy that Warrior and Hogan did in this match, where I would constantly knock the other team's tag partners off of the apron, uh, even though they weren't doing anything. Uh, but Absolutely. in a as a wrestling product. It's just a big dick move that they did that when, again, the heels were not doing the same to them. Yeah, no, not really. It like, feels a little unnecessary. Like, like, it feels like it's trying to sell the the uphill battle here of the of it being a 3v2 by making them, like, constantly have to kind of, like, change the odds. But, again, the heels aren't really doing anything to them besides, like, chokes. <laughs> that would be yeah. considered more that would be considered a little uh, you know ethically un- I will unsound. say as the match goes on they try to but like sure but at that point at that point you know who started it <laughs> oh yeah Hogan and Warrior come out swinging and like fuck Slaughter for all we know Slaughter Adnan and Taker could have I mean fuck Taker's like the one heel of this era who did fight clean like yeah his whole bit was just like i am an invincible zombie he wasn't yeah. he didn't cheat to win any of his matches yeah so like it's so funny because like hulk hogan's like 
yeah, we know you guys tend to like to cheat during matches like this. So we're just going to beat you to the punch on that. Fuck you. This is, we're what, just if, gonna what if, here's a pitch, we cheated this time. No, no, no. Noted no. baby faces with the preemptive strike. Absolutely. <laughs> a, ta- a tactical cheat, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so. Yeah, there. So, so. Hogan they, takes a lot. Hogan gets beat up a lot in this early match to set up a hot tag does. for the Warrior, which including the greatest moment of the match, of course, when General Adnan tags in and he's putting in the shittiest boots <laughs> to Hulk Hogan ever seen on national television. Yeah, which like, which is funny because I would have thought like Taker, you know, undead mortician wizard invincible man he got he got, a, like, he got a little bit of time he he would he was there well, to I like th- literally choke hogan well i thought he would have been like the heel hot tag here like i thought it would have been like release the beast but nah he gets tagged in second and like puts the moves to hogan and then fucking adnan tags in and does like hogan's on the ground he does the weakest ass looking stomps to hogan and then just does Vague choking to Hogan on the ground, and then immediately tags the fuck back out. Oh, brother! Um, Warrior does get his hot tag, and he, we get to see him go one on one with the Undertaker. Well, wait, isn't this when they? Oh, no, no, no that was later. Uh, that is yeah, later. He, he does one on one with Taker, and and I can't remember the 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 order exactly after this, but I know there's another face hot tag coming yeah hogan they try to get it to hogan and they do a thing but the ref doesn't see it no they the warrior he just barely reaches to hogan bob but the ref missed it so get back man i this again this shit's so like foreign to me as a concept like just just tag it's fine the ref trusts yeah it's the honor system the the ref ref runs on refs run on the honor system these days the ref has the uh, the ref has uh, has camera vision. Actually, if the camera sees it, so does the ref. Bada bing, yeah, bada boom. Of course. So that what happens is Warrior gets the hot tag out because Slaughter, for reasons I can't possibly explain, goes to the top rope and which, goes which for is a funny, cause, cause, off the cause, top because he 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 climbs to the top, and I I'm thinking to myself like, wait, does he? does he do that and then on commentary they're like yeah he never really does he does it solely so warrior can die can duck him out of the way and then he tags in hogan and uh i hogan just starts kind of doing his hulk up sequence but without like the shakes Uh, yeah this was like he starts to hulk up but then like we never get the full we we don't he goes he goes for he hits the big boot on Slaughter and Slaughter doesn't fall down because it's setting up Hogan to roll him up and that gets broken up and I was like all right sure then uh Sergeant Slaughter he gets back in it and he gets in the camel clutch because even if Sergeant Slaughter is not an Arab wrestler he is a a sympathizer to an Arabic nation Therefore, oh no. that's the worst must, thing you can be. Thus, he must do the camel clutch. A white man? No. Yeah. So, Sergeant Slaughter, I guess, 
has a submission maneuver now. Actually, when- he usually does. It's it's sim- it's a sleeper hold similar to what the million dollar man does. As a matter okay, of fact. that's that that actually scans then sleeper. But hold, then, sleeper but he's hold. doing uh, a yeah, different yeah, yeah. one now because now you're sympathetic to the Arabs. It's the one done by the Arabs. Oh no. Yeah, and then Taker comes in and adds leverage by pulling Sergeant Slaughter back. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, Taker actually cheating in a match, which is wild to see. While Adnan distracts the distracts the ref, and okay, ref distraction spots are always a little you don't you don't think about it too hard because the refs all should know better by now. But it feels especially egregious with walking distraction Adnan. The the, the fact that the ref actually falls that instead of being like, hey, wait a minute, you're not important. Why am I looking at you? That wait just feels, espe- hmm, hmm, hold on. That feels especially egregious, I have to say. Very yeah. similar to compromise. Sure, sure. So the Sarge, so Warrior breaks up this like double team tat submission maneuver and he brawls with Taker out outside and around the ring. And this, they basically like, fight all the way up the ramp to the backstage area. The last time we see Warrior, he just has a piece of the set broken off and he's chasing War Undertaker into the back. Yeah, what the fuck was that? He just we just cut him and he has a whole ass like giant fucking wooden board in his hand. What is <laughs> happening? Where did he get that? We were too busy <laughs> focusing on Hogan that we missed Warrior grab the board. Hey, hey, where'd you where'd you get that? Where fuck, we take your eyes off you for two seconds. Where'd you get put that down? Put that down right now. What are you doing? It's like a yeah. fucking child, which actually that scans for his for his insane cokehead personality. Never mind. Is this a thing that Warrior does with any regularity? Is just casually steal parts of the set to use his weapons? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, well, like, yeah, uh, but then back in the ring, shock of all shocks, who should be here to eat the finisher? But General uh, Adnan. I, wah, the way wah. I wrote it was the Iraqi homies, double team Hogan, <laughs> and Sergeant Slaughter. Adnan has got Hogan. The honorary homie, Sergeant Slaughter. Of course. Uh, Adnan has Hogan entrapped in his arms. Slaughter's going for the clothesline. I literally said to David, you know you're just going to hit Adnan. Don't do this. And then, shock of all shocks, malfunction at the junction. Hogan ducks. How, How does he do? How does he know? Hogan ducks, slaughter clotheslines Adnan, and then Hogan does an it's a reverse atomic drop to slaughter. Slaughter bounces out of the ring, and then Hogan just goes and pins Adnan off the clothesline. He doesn't even like do the big leg drop on Adnan. Yeah. He's like, "You are such a little jabroni that I don't <laughs> even need the leg drop. I'm just you don't gonna deserve pin you. the leg drop, brother." So there you go. Hogan wins. Alf, Lord Alfred Hayes on commentary says that Hogan got a nearly single-handed victory today. Which no. And then like, I know, um, I know Ultimate Warrior is not the most capable worker, but n- no. Right. And then Hogan is just hot dogging and doing Hogan all his shit. Hogan spends about an hour doing his doing his in ring celebratory mugging and as you to do. Sell to to fill time. What they do is Sean Mooney 
is like there's a remind remind decides to bring up this is a Coliseum exclusive match, and then Lord Alfred Hayes asks him to explain what exclusive means. What the fuck? And Mooney goes into a long-winded explanation about how you will only see this match on this Coliseum videotape. I completely missed that. What the shit? That's so goofy. It was very stupid. And I was like, shut the fuck up, you morons. They know oh the people know what exclusive means. <laughs> we gotta we can't just sit here in silence during Hogan's two fucking hours of mugging, though. We gotta find some way to fill the time. Uh let's break out the dictionary, shall we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that eventually, mercifully, we cut away from from Hogan hot dogging <laughs> and 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 we see that that the WWF Express has brought Lord Alfred Hayes to his his long awaited destination of the green screen. I, I mean London. <laughs> I don't even. I can't believe that they didn't actually have Alfred just film this fucking. Half the matches on this show were filmed in London. In London. Why did they not just also have them film this? Wait. So did this train? take him to london are there trains that run no. from the u.s to london no they had there was a little graph right before they showed him in london okay. there was a graphic of an airplane of the plane okay, I didn't therefore that. But i wasn't sure if it was supposed to be literal or not that's clearly his plane that he take him Christ. to london so he is in london he's in London. It is an ex there's an extremely fake background of like the of, of like Big Ben and yeah the River Thames and uh fucking. Well, given this is an animated background, there seagulls abound in this fucking mm -hmm. video they got playing on the green screen behind Alfred Hayes. Mm -hmm. But he's just like, ah, I'm here in London, my hometown. I have London. You know, ah, look, look at the sights. Ah, I've got, I've got place people to talk, to, people to call, and then pubs to crawl. Pubs to all right, crawl. all right, goodbye. See you next time. You know, li live from London. I'm Lord Alfred. Yep. <laughs> what a what a wacky note to end this whole thing on. Holy shit, dude. I mean, okay, I, I picked, I just picked this because I was like, I just want to do what is what I would consider a standard, fair. No super themed Coliseum videotape. And I thought it would be neat to do one where they do international matches. Yeah, so let's no. do world tour. I didn't well, hate this one. No, I didn't either. What we got was absolute insanity that I expected like, from 91. Fucking, fucking Hurricane Jake the Snake and <laughs> was was a bit of a bomb. And so was Jim Duggan versus Kendo Nagasaki. <laughs> But uh, other than that, the matches ranged from pretty fucking great to the absolute weird bullshit that was the main event. I mean, I, I wouldn't consider Warlord Nightheart a good, <coughs> a good match. I enjoyed me, Warlord Nightheart. I think there I'm was not... a real meme potential to that, to what was going on there. I, I like, I liked, I liked, I liked Warlord, Warlord Nightheart. If I, of like the good matches, the weak link for me was honestly Savage versus the model dude. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> that was, it was fine, because like Randy Savage was just, he's a good worker, but like, that was the weak link of like the good matches for me. Um, I was I was kind of here for for uh, Jim the Anvil Nightheart versus the Wrestling Phantom of the Opera. So 
Yeah, no, and and Lord Alfred Hayes, uh, annoying funny duddy that he is, quite uh, did have some quite enjoyable bits. Uh, I I now want to go uh, to a a dinner with Sherry Martell and Brooklyn Brawler, uh, just to just to experience the insanity that that it must be to dine with the 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 distinguished company. That that there that didn't make me want to go to no wrestling shows. That just made me want to go to dinner in a fancy restaurant with a bunch of fucking chaotic weirdos and just see what happens. See if maybe I get bound and gagged. Who's to say? We're all here to have a great time. You make a good point. This was a, this was a fun one. Uh, surprisingly fun, in my opinion. Wasn't expecting it to enjoy it this much. Uh, so we have we'll do a couple more Coliseum videos uh, that I have in mind. Uh, but that is for a future episode. For next time, yeah. though. It is time to it's, it was a two year journey to do season oh, one shit. of Lucha Underground. Oh, it shit, time, buddy. It's time to get a little crazy because the temple is a darker place now. It's time for season two. Ooh, the peak of Lucha Underground. I'm so fucking hype. It's going to be folks. You, you ain't going to you don't want to miss that episode. I know. For certain, that's going to be a good fucking episode. All of our, I love, I love that show, and we always get good fucking content out of it. I know this one's going to be special. Uh, tune in. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, until then, next, until then, uh, David, hit our plugs. Yes, sir. Friends, thank you so much for once again listening to yet another episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. We are delighted to have you join us on this most prestigious of wrestling podcasts if you're a returning listener viewer what have you you know the drill thank you so much for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums your eyeballs whatever it is you use to consume our content it's just great to have you here hey new people how you doing thank you so much for being here we here at the noobs and knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike so whether you are brand new to the wild wacky world of wrestling or you're a veteran of the weird bullshit Either way, we hope you've had a great time here. We hope you feel welcome here. We hope you want to keep coming back with us week after week. And here's how you can do so. First of all, you can find us on YouTube. We are the Noobs and Knockouts Podcast on YouTube. Hit subscribe, ring that bell, and make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a brand new episode. Give us that sweet, sweet engagement. Be sure to check out all of our playlists. Austin has been kind enough to, on our YouTube, organize all of our playlists into their own separate little uh, uh, sections. For, for all the different arcs we cover, so you can follow something, a specific arc, all the way down without having to jump around a lot. It's great. And, hey, you can see our, like, beautiful, lovely faces and all the, like, visual. Get. You, you can see the, the earthquake that we created for the man himself. We made an earthquake. Uh, we shook the ropes. We shook the ropes. Austin shook the ropes like a mad. That was that was a good one, buddy. Uh, so be sure to check us out on there. But, of course, if you want that audio-only experience, we completely understand. You, lo- you love your, your audio times. We get it. We have options for you there, too. You can find us on three of the best places to find your podcast, which would be Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Check us out there. It's a great time. Listen to us. Download us. Give us a nice little five-star rating if you like, a nice little review, something to tell people and the algorithm hey maybe these guys are pretty cool and more people should listen to them i don't know i'm just saying but of course you can also find us other places on the internet we have first and foremost our twitter we got some social media going baby we are on twitter at noobs and nox pod that's at noobs the letter n nox pod on twitter come check us out there we 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 
post memes. We engage in discourse. We put up a, a post every single time we drop a brand new episode, so you guys always know what the hell's going on. Of course, the highlight of our Twitter is weekly wrestling live tweeting every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. We are watching, what else, AEW Dynamite on TBS. It's a great time. Uh, I've been I've been taking on the duties of tweeting that. Austin, Austin has uh, come back from his self-imposed exile of not watching current wrestling uh but he's he's currently preoccupied watching some weird nerd D D shit on wednesday night I've... so uh the twitter is still in my hands i'm sure austin will come back at some point to to add back his uh uh add back there's, his input there, it'll be there's more only like there's, a, there's only like 15 more episodes or something or whatever i don't know yeah, 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 yeah. 15 weeks from now you know but it's an, end, end of the semester whatever we'll um, get there well, we'll get there eventually, uh, and I'm sure we'll be hitting that tag team action. And, uh, of course, when when uh, I have the, the time and space for it, additionally, on Fridays at 10 p.m. on TNT, we are watching AEW Rampage. It is the show that y'all been waiting on. See, uh, I, and- I could do that, but I just have an aversion to watching anything live. <laughs> That's this is this is true. Austin hates it. It, it. He's allergic to it, actually. How it's, dare, it's how dare television make me? At a specific time and at a specific day, sit down and watch a thing. Oh no, he's been spoiled by the streaming world. No, no, no. I, I this really is exactly have. what we were worried would happen. I really have. Those bastards. Yeah. Uh so that we're we're keeping up with weekly AEW. But of course, on top of that, my man Austin likes to do his due diligence still and cover every single one of the major promotions pay-per-view events. So, my friend, what is on the docket coming up? Sure. So in the WWE on January 28th, uh, we on, only a couple weeks from now, we Ooh. have the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble. Uh, it is, you know, 30 men and 30 women enter and one man and one woman will walk away with a world championship match of their choosing at WrestleMania. Absolutely. They they got to point the sign the whole the whole 9 yards. Sign pointing it sign. is honestly goaded. The one time I went to Raw during the road to WrestleMania, I very specifically was like I'm pointing at the sign. Absolutely. You 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 have to. Uh and of course, uh we hope each year that the sign doesn't get melted by its own pyro. Oof and also owie. <laughs> uh, in addition, we have we have upcoming uh Bray Wyatt versus uh la night in a mountain dew pitch black match what does that mean we i don't, don't know. know guess we'll find out and then for the uh for the uwu championship we got the uwu roman reigns versus kevin owens i feel like we've been Ooh. here before at the royal rumble mm-hmm. i'm sure it will go different than last time but 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 is his name brock lesnar I checked my notes and no, Kevin Owens is not Brock Lesnar. I'll take it. I'll fucking take it. As long as the name ain't Brock Lesnar, I don't care. Then for AEW, we have Revolution on March 5th. That is so far away. We have nothing. I have no matches to hype. But listen, they only do five pay-per-views a year. A lot of times I I don't have anything to pitch. And then Impact Wrestling just finished Hard to Kill this weekend, so I also don't have anything for you. Uh, their next pay-per-view 
is probably oh god i've already forgotten what their fourth pay-per-view name is uh oh, excuse no. me back up rebellion yes that's probably uh, coming up in april rebellion uh based on history but do we have a date for that or even official announcement no no but that is what's upcoming on absolutely pay-per-views be sure to check that shit out it's a great time on the twitter if you like listening to us ramble about wrestling over here you'll love it over on the twitter you our voices carry over pretty well i'm sure noobs and Knox pod on the twitter but of course if you want to get in super direct contact with us you can email us we have an email address noobs and knockoutspod at gmail.com that's noobs the word and this time knockoutspod at gmail.com you can come say hi to us there tell us what you think about the show request things that you want to see us cover on the show tell us how based in red pill our, our hot takes are call us idiots either way start discourse send us memes or just say hi we love people saying hi we would love to say hi back noobs and knockoutspod at gmail.com and of course finally you can also find us on patreon we are also the noobs and knockouts podcast on patreon the link for that is in our twitter one dollar a month gives you early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each episode shout out to uh, the sugar daddy kyle smith for his uh, contribution. Enjoy your perks, buddy. Thank you so much. If you want to enjoy your perks alongside our boy Kyle, then check us out on the Patreon. Give to that $1 tier noobs and knockouts podcast. Link is in the Twitter. See y'all next time. Hasta luego.